care who I have to beat, I am reclaiming everything they have tried to take from me. Undeserving? I'm about to show you how deserving I am. I'm going to embarrass and humiliate Charlotte and Becky on the grandest stage of them all. For the first time in 35 years, our women will be the main event of WrestleMania. It's winner take all. Lag. That's what I'm trying to think of right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lagalicious, baby. Lagalicious. So we are live. We are recording. Three, three. And we got a care package this week, didn't we? We got, got, a, care we got package. a care package, guys. Who from was it from? Fight Back CBD. That's right. First, before we before we talk about what's in the care package, all right, t- tell us about Fight Back CBD. What, what do they offer? What do they do? Best CBD in town. Any town in America. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they get their CBD tested in actual labs. They're not getting it done from your... Cousin down the street. No, they, they actually the, export the, out to high-end fucking laboratories. And as a scientist, legitimately, I do work in a lab. I can say that's a big fucking deal. It, like, looking at the labs that you're looking out there and getting good ones, that's, that's a big fucking deal. And they've, they, uh, they're partnered up with, with the uh, BJJ community. So that's the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yes, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's, oh, okay. That's, yeah. I was going to ask you what the second <laughs> J was. I was like, mm, Jude. Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> J-I-U dash J-I-T-S. Oh, okay, gotcha. Are right. wearing A2? Just saying. Not saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, um, you can feel good about purchasing this product because a lot of their money goes back to um, uh, the mental health community, uh, the mental wellness community, um, with um, anybody dealing with anxiety or depression. It helps a lot. CBD helps a lot with that. But really, if you're an athlete, if you're into jujitsu, if you're into any kind of mixed martial art, um, it helps a lot with recovery, um, with, you know, uh, any soreness you may have, it'll help a lot. So highly recommended. You're into that. You're kind of the, the mixed martial artist at the table. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I have blue belt in jujitsu and I have dabbled in, uh, Muay Thai and Taekwondo and Hapkido and a few other things. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, th- those definite aches and pains that, that you, you get just from the different movements that you make and especially with jujitsu because jujitsu is a lot like yoga. Uh-huh. Uh, no, well, yeah, it is a lot like yoga, but it's a lot like swimming. But you're actually in, fighting another fact, person, unlike the, yoga, yeah, where exactly, you're fighting yourself. Exactly. It's, it's struggle yoga. yoga. Um, it's a lot like <laughs> swimming in the fact that it's a lot of full body resistance. Um, the only difference is the fact that it's very pointed. It's, it's, you know, it's not that your entire body is resisted in the same way. It's the fact that someone's pushing against an arm or they're pulling a leg or they're, you know, you're just impeding your movement. Yeah. And so it's a lot like swimming in that way, which I've always likened it to. And so you end up sore in the weirdest spots and the weirdest days. Ooh. It's never really consistent. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've had days where, um, I've, I've run the same drills, but because of how we roll, you know, maybe my abs are going to be Sore one day, my arms the next day. You know what I mean. And so uh, CBD is is great for for taking care of just kind of the whole body recovery and things like that. Definitely. And CBD, um, fight back CBD. You know they've been so gracious to send us a care package with uh, basically two products here. They, we get we get the uh, fight back uh, nighttime with it has a lavender and it has melatonin in it. Which Jacob's been talking about how he can't really sleep, so yeah. hopefully he yep. tries it tonight. And That's chamomile, huge, you know mm-hmm. and. 
And by the way, they even come with the instructions in the back. I'm pretty sure the, the instructions in the back. Some some CVDs don't even tell you how to do it. Some people just squirt it in their mouth and then they think they're done. The reality is you have to put it <laughs> under your tongue for about a minute and let it soak in there before you swallow it yep. to really get the full effects. I've never tried this other one here, so I'm like really excited to take this other one. Which is funny because this is just their straight up CBD. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> excited about that. So I'm going to probably start taking this uh, my morning one, my nighttime. So I'm going to mm-hmm. start mixing it up. Um, probably before my yoga, I do yoga, which is kind of like mixed martial arts, but if you're fighting yourself. So. That's true. <laughs> I, that's actually a very good way to put it, Arthur. I like that a lot. Um, uh, it is small batch handcrafted in Austin, Texas. And the thing I really like that I didn't even notice until we looked at this, uh, it has uh, the date that it was manufactured and the, uh, the, the bottle in the series. Yeah, I got 9 out of 10. I got 3 out of 10 right here. And they Ooh. do it for both. Uh, this is uh, 20 mil- This is uh, These are 600 milligram bottles and 30 mil bottles. And it is uh, CBD, also made with MCT distillate. Yeah, Ooh. and if you want to go ahead and find Arch. them, you can find yes. them on um, their Instagram. Yep. Their Instagram is FightbackCBD. Um, their Facebook is also at their Facebook FightbackCBD. Their website is www.fightbackcbd.com. They also have a shop where you can buy uh, T-shirts and geese. So hit them up. Tell them Martin Jacob sent you and Eric. And Eric, the <laughs> dirtiest man on the internet. The original sexkin, baby. <laughs> and they just recently gave us a shout out on their Instagram. So, you know, shout out to them. Keep doing what you're doing. Yes. After after a year and a half of podcasting, we can finally say yep. we are partnered with an official brand, not just Eric. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and that's starting to pay off, too, because mysteriously, last night, we got a mysterious contribution to upgrade our equipment so we've been getting some complaints about how our youtube live channel is kind of janky kind of like our earlier podcast where we were recording into one like usb mic for everybody kind of like one metal tin can with a string on it exactly (laughs) now we have an actual full hd camera what's good baby with a great audio and i just want to thank that uh, mysterious donor um you know who you are thank you um, I gave one shout out last week, and now we have a goddamn camera. So I just want to <laughs> shout you out, whoever you are in podcast land. Um, keep sending us free shit. I appreciate that <laughs> stuff. So, and if you're if, all, all other Kakawata fans, all uh, the other Kakawatas, I need you to step your fucking game up too and give me some more gifts. So. That's right. We all appreciate you. Well, art doesn't as much, but that's just kind of more art thing. <laughs> it's kind of a selfish bash. Yeah, that's but, you know what I mean. But uh, so uh, speaking of Fightback CBD, you know, they recently posted something about uh, WrestleCon. I don't know if you guys know what WrestleCon is. Fuck yeah, I do. So, you know, they were talking about how they wish they could be at um, this little thing called WrestleMania. Apparently, it's happening this weekend. They wish they could be at WrestleCon. (laughs) Apparently, they're big wrestling fans. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. And um, Well, this is going to be right up there. This podcast is for you, brother. (laughs) This podcast is dedicated to Fightback CBD. Let me tell you something, CBD. What you gonna do when the biggest arms in all the podcasts come running for you? No, we got Ben Kissel. Ben Kissel, shut out. Keep doing what you're doing. He's got big arms. Well, he's a big dude. I'm a little dude, and I have big <laughs> arms. So fuck Ben Kissel. <laughs> Check out these see white bad boys. On, <laughs> see that shit on YouTube. YouTube Live if you want to see Jacob's guns. Yeah, but yeah, they do support uh, independent wrestling. One of the independent wrestlers that they support is uh, Thunder Rosa, yep. which is uh, a Mexican luchadora, and uh, she's awesome as hell, and she actually liked that picture that they posted. Oh, did so, she? Yep. Yeah, so shout out to her. If you want to come on the podcast, you're more you than let welcome. Us know. Let us know. <laughs> Anybody. Well, follow back would be nice, too. Yeah. yeah. Anybody that wants to be on the show, you let us know. You hit us up. And, I mean, worst thing that happens, we ghost you. You know what I mean? You know, it is what it is. But, you know, it's, <laughs> that's not true. We would be kind and respectful. We're the nicest guys on the internet. What Except for Art. About? No. 
<laughs> Anyways, so, guys, so you guys are huge wrestling fans. I'm kind of yeah. the odd man now. That's right. Here. You're, you're here to make fun of us. So yeah. that's what's going to happen. Not really make fun of you guys. <laughs> last week, it was off the air, but last week, um, uh, Jacob kind of got me into uh, Becky Lynch. So I was like, all right, let me uh, Google this shirt. She has all those the man shirts mm-hmm. and like yep. her uh, mugshot shirt. They even have a mug with her mugshot shirt on it, which I thought about also getting, but I was like, I'm kind of crossing the line. Oh, dude, a mugshot mug. Dude, that's dope. I it was know that dope was as fuck. I got really into her. I YouTubed her. Uh, um, She's so, hilarious. Yeah, she she was pretty... I'm, I'm kind of like... I'm, I'm a big fan. So I would say kind of the the uh, WWE, their like women's division is probably like my favorite thing going for them right now, besides uh, Ronda Rousey, who I don't like. But We also like <laughs> Bailey as well, yeah. huh? I like Bailey, and I like... um. Uh, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. So yeah. like three of my favorite wrestlers are all women. So yeah, and they're they just so happen to be the first time in history the women are actually legitimately headlining a WrestleMania after 35 years. Yep. Women are finally headlining a card, and that's huge because it's not just a forced act either. Because Stephanie McMahon, let's face it, she's going to take uh, over the company once you know her father passes away, and what about she does. Shane McMahon, man. Uh, he's in and out. He's yeah. got some investments in China we won't talk about, but um, he's kind of more of a performer. You know, he, the business side of it, you know, is more or less handled by Stephanie and her husband, Triple H. Uh, but they're going to get the reins like once, um, you know, Vince passes away. And she's done some stuff that's kind of been questionable. She kind of forces things down people's throats and it's just like, ugh, it's like a big moaning. But this main event, like, you know, the, main, the women were rumored to main event this WrestleMania for a while. When Ronda came in, she was going to be the person to, you know, give prestige to that um, that spot. But as fate would happen, Becky became the biggest wrestler this past year. Um, I believe it was at that SummerSlam that we went to um, at the Comedy Store. That's when she started to get over, like once she turned quote unquote bad. And people ate it up because she was just this squeaky clean, you know, baby face. You know, she would tell some corny, you know, uh, jokes and stuff. And Well, I'll say this too. But even before SummerSlam, when you like see whenever she would come out, whenever she actually had the mic, because she didn't have the mic a whole hell of a no. lot before that point, like the crowd would get behind her. And so I think that uh, that the crowd, I think this would have happened a lot sooner if they had just let Becky go. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that at SummerSlam, they really let Becky go. Now, mind you, they thought it was she was going to go heel and it was going to be all terrible and stuff like that. And the crowd just did not let that fucking happen. No. But um, I do think that, that fan support was there while she still had the steampunk goggles and all of that shit. I do think that that yeah. was all still there. Those live events I was going to, uh-huh. you know, you would see little girls like cry out for Becky, you know, just like, oh, because mm-hmm. she would hand out those goggles to, you know, the little yeah. kids. Because oh, wrestling, huge- wrestling is for for all intents and purposes. It's like it's for little kids. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, it's a product that anybody can enjoy. Yeah. But even that, like myself, I was a huge Becky fan. Yeah, and like those NXT. crowds, are, yeah, yeah, forever. They blew it up in NXT. And so, mm-hmm. I, again, I think... I think that this was something that Becky could have done all along. They just had to let her mm-hmm. go. But the fact of the matter is, is this spot was earned, and yes. Becky gave yes. it that prestige. Now Charlotte, she's Ric Flair's daughter, and you know they love to just you know throw you know the belt on her, and you know she's great. She's probably the 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 best thoroughbred that they have there in the women's division. Oh, that's a good term for a thoroughbred. Yeah, I like she that, yeah. really is. You know, she's mm-hmm. the daughter of the greatest probably in ring performer of all time. And she she sure inherited all of his gifts, but it just seems like she's like I said, like with the Stephanie thing, it just feels like she's getting just forced down people's throat. Yeah, and Rhonda as well. But Rhonda is that star. Oh, I think Rhonda is definitely getting forced. It's because she just she gives that mainstream. She has a, she has a name. She has a name. It's yeah. it's one of those. It's uh it's a lot like UFC, and that they will 
UFC does a lot to help those that help themselves. You know what I mean? Um, WWE brought in a name and they're going to push her to the front and they're going to absolutely keep pushing her until she fucking, she can't get pushed anymore. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is Becky, she's hotter than both of these individuals yep. right now. And it's, it's, it's awesome to see because sometimes wrestling and you, I've, I've over the years, I've tried to get art into wrestling. Like, Oh, come watch Monday night raw with me. Come watch SmackDown with me. And I remember for a while when AJ Styles and Dino Bryan were uh, feuding, like it was some of the most boring stuff. And I could tell like art was just like rolling his eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, right. these are the two best that we have to offer. And art was just kind of like, oh, what's so special? Oh, this about is, it? this is the guy that doesn't wear pants to the ring, no matter what's going on. Right. Yeah. Daniel Bryan. Oh, wait, what is it the guy with the, with the janky leg? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whether, whether, cause whether he had a match or not, he was in his uh, t-shirt and his fucking his underwear. His yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so it feels good that like, I finally body image issues where he's like willing to not wear pants, but he'll keep his shirt on. Yeah. That that's me. Fair. That's me right now. I have some beautiful legs. Like I would love to show them on the Facebook Live if it or the, the YouTube, YouTube Live. live. Ooh, oh shit! Ooh. My bad. Foul language. Foul language, man. Come on, earmuffs. Earmuffs, fans. Earmuffs. <laughs> ear, earmuffs. Talk about this. But I will not take off my shirt. But it feels good though that I can finally have a wrestler be like, "See, art. This is why I get excited about this shit." Yeah. And it's on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. So that is the grandest match on so. the grandest stage. But I think we should kind of leave that until the Probably end. Probably work your way so backwards. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's start with the not so grand, the people I don't know. So the match that just got announced today, which is kind of disappointing because yeah. it's for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Now, there's two brands. There's, you know, Monday Night Raw, which is the red brand, and then SmackDown, which is the blue brand. Now, they all have their individual champions. Now, Raw is Vince's baby, you know, yep. so it's like the favorite brand. So the tag team uh, champions are kind of just been forgotten about. So the champions are the Revival. And just randomly, just all of a sudden, just announced out of nowhere, there was no storyline buildup or anything. They're just going to say, oh, you're going to face these two jobbers, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins, by the way, who's on a 250-some-odd match losing streak. So it's that is his gimmick definition of a jobber yeah. right there. So Dang. and a jobber just means that somebody just goes out there to lose. Someone that does the people, job. Yes, make yeah. somebody look better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the the least important match. Yeah, that, I, I really truly even <laughs> even normally the battle royals at WrestleMania are, are fairly useless. I still think that that is which is sad because it's for a title. But yeah, that's that's the least important match. And the champions are actually really good. The revival, they're actually yeah. an amazing in ring. I mean, they have no personality whatsoever. But I mean, yeah. old school marks and you know fans that you know are fans of the in ring product. They they jack off to these guys like they're the next greatest thing. But I mean, they just literally have no character, so they're getting buried at the bottom. Of yeah, the, the whole point under the revival is that they're reviving old school tag team wrestling. So nothing flashy, nothing really gimmicky, nothing. It's just two guys throwing hands. T- taking a couple of traditional bumps and slams and whatnot, and that's that's it, bare bones. You know what I mean? And they're great, they're great, but yeah, they they don't really. It's like your dad's wrestling, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> so next uh, matchup, we have another unfortunate match that's probably going to get buried on the the pre the pre show, like the hour before, like nobody's watching, right? Yeah. Is uh, for the the cruiserweight um, championship. It's uh, Tony Nice, who's probably got the best body in all of wrestling. Yes, sir. Versus Buddy Murphy, basically uh, Alexa Bliss's husband. <laughs> There's rumors are that they're rocky. I don't know. They're whatever's going on. I don't know. I don't. I don't really care about all that stuff. But I will say this: I am. I am an ardent fan of 205 Live, which um, is the cruiserweight. Which is the cruiserweight. Show. The whole thing mm-hmm. is that no one weighs more than 205 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, weigh in so, everything. But uh, Buddy Murphy, I really think might be the best worker <laughs> in the fucking roster. I think he's right there with fucking AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. Really? I really do. I just think that one of these days, 
Go watch, go watch some of his, especially back with uh, uh, Mustafa Ali or just Ali now for some fucking reason. <laughs> if you go back and watch, like especially the, the the things he puts his body through, the way he moves himself, the way he sells, it's all so fucking good. He go, he does some insane shit, but he's great fundamentally as well. And one of these days, the way that he takes DDTs, the way that he takes her Karana, the way he takes stuff off the ground or on the top rope or whatever, whenever he does like a headshot. Like, he just spikes his fucking head into the ground, like, straight up and down. And I think he's going to break his neck one of these days, the way he keeps doing it. But I can see that, he yeah. just, Oof. he is just so fucking good. And I think that if they put him, and he's he's about to, he's a big 205-er. Like, it's it's a fact that him he has and to. Tony, yeah. They yeah. look like goddamn Arnold and fucking Lou Ferrigno. Well, like, yeah. Tony, I guess, like, weighs in right at 200. Uh, Buddy Murphy, like, normally weighs in, like, a 210, 215. Mm-hmm. So he's around Seth Rollins size. Um so he, or no, Seth Rollins like 220. Anyway, he's 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 comparable to a lot of to a lot of yeah. these guys that are big right now. And I think if you put him there, I think Buddy Murphy would be. I think this could be a show stealer that, like you said, is going to get buried. I don't know because to, I've, I've seen Tony Nese and I've seen Buddy Murphy, and the whole premise about the cruiserweight division is that they're smaller guys. It's basically like what Rey Mysterio does is bounce around the ring. You yeah. know, it's 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 a division for those smaller yeah. guys. But their flaw for me is I don't know about Eric. He seems to love this shit. But for me, it's just a boring show because it's just like the revival. It's just smaller guys doing old school wrestling as opposed to cruiserweight style, which is like old school, like Rey Mysterio, like bouncing all over the ring, doing unnecessary flips and Young Buck stuff. You know, it's yeah, just they, like I, that's the stuff that when I think of cruiserweight, that's what I think of. But to so me, I think it was last year. Was it last year that when um, when we watched WrestleMania together? And um, two years ago, I think oh, it two was. years ago, yeah. okay, yeah. So I remember them from like I remember that that match essentially from mm-hmm. two years ago. I remember it was pretty boring. It was I thought it was boring, yeah, because it was just a lot of like a lot of that it forcing makes, around. It's the, the thing with two hundred five is that they don't have there's like a, a couple of stars at the top, and then they just have a lot of filler, yeah, and they don't do a whole lot with the person. Like NXT does a great job of getting good wrestlers out there, mediocre wrestlers out there, and all the personality in an Come hour. Through. In an hour. 205 Live doesn't do the same fucking thing. It just doesn't It just doesn't work the same for yeah. for whatever reason. It but. misses the mark, and it's unfortunate because a lot of these guys like Mustafa Ali, yeah. who I think is right up there with your Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, right up there mm-hmm. with AJ yes. Styles, who I think should be going you know, yes, for the title. But, I agree. Um, he's one of those quintessential cruiserweights yeah. where he bounces around. Just think of Rey Mysterio. Right? And, just a taller version, uh, a Muslim yeah. taller version of Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to say my last point on this is the reason why I think this should be a soul stealer is because I know Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese work well, uh, are very comfortable with each other, and I think they have good chemistry, and I think Buddy Murphy would be the one to carry this match. Okay. So, so moving on. What do we got? Um, the sec- uh, like you said earlier, uh, usually you know the battle royales. Um, these are the these are just um, put on the card basically, so everybody gets on WrestleMania. The whole premise of WrestleMania is you get to see all this wrestling on. Um, yep. Fuck! I almost fucked up my voice. <laughs> trying to be Vince McMahon. Art and Eric do America because Jacob hurt his vocal cords. The only problem with these battle royals is, is like you have the Royal Rumble, which is yeah. interesting. It's like a one-hour event, you know, where you know they're throwing each other off the, over the top rope. Uh, these battle royals, though, are kind of a snooze fest because they literally last for like two or three minutes, and it's just like, okay, we see everybody, then all of a sudden everybody clears out, and then at the end, it's just like two people go at it. They will have like one one weird spot where, like last year, all the women from NXT were like in the middle of the ring while everyone was also surrounding them because it was the first women's battle royal at WrestleMania or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Like, there'll be some like quasi-sentimental thing like that, Yeah. and then the rest will just be... It's a bathroom break, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, but um, yeah, this... the 
the least important one, unfortunately, is the women's battle royal, and you just got everybody else that didn't get a match. Um, they just have a battle royal, and they're literally fighting for nothing. I, they, they are no, 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 no. They are fighting. The women are fighting for a trophy that looks suspiciously like a uterus. No, that not this year. They're not. <laughs> no, they they had it on SmackDown. They had that trophy what's, next what, to the Andre the Giant trophy. What's the trophy called? You know. Uh, it was Royal. it was the Mula. It was supposed Rumble. to be the the, uh, the fabulous Mula until they found out that she was a pimp back in the day. Yeah, she used to actually pimp out girls like to the male wrestler. Other female wrestlers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, but no, they they had it next to the uh, during SmackDown. Really? Yeah, they did. I didn't it see still that. Looks like a uterus. I saw. It, I thought it was just under it. Well, I guess I was corrected, but yeah. yeah. But um, I I think the only thing that can make this match important is if Oscar wins. That's it. Yeah, and I feel bad for Oscar because so she basically yeah. she's basically one of the most exciting women, but they basically basically job her out almost yeah. every week. She was a champion for like the last like three or four months, and they never showed her on TV. No, I think that she, looks a lot like a uterus. I told you, I <laughs> told you. Yep, show, yep. show show the camera. Show sir. the camera. Show, show the camera. Find a... <laughs> it looks like the stereo. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yep. If you want to know what a uterus looks like, that's pretty much it. <laughs> there it is. A, a gold plated uterus. Uh, as it has strings on it for some reason. Why is there strings? Like uh, fallopian it's bleeding? tubes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of the month. Also, it looks like his uh, Dallas Stars former. Come on, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> Send that to me so I can put it on the Instagram. Right. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. So with that said, the next least important <laughs> battle royal is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Oh wow, how's so, that? You don't think that's important? I mean, I, I don't know anything about it's it. It's not really, and I think the only reason why it is any more important is because of the story going into it of Braun Strowman versus the guys from Weekend Update and Saturday Night Live, Michael yeah. Che and uh, oh, uh, what's his face? That, that just Jost, made my eyes roll. Colin Jost, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a chore to watch it because they're trying. Because what happens with WrestleMania is you get a lot of celebrities and whatnot. And this year, since they're in New York for WrestleMania, uh, what do you think of when you think of New York? You think of live from New York. It's Saturday Night Live. Yep. And so they got whoever does the fucking weekend update now. I I, I don't even watch Saturday Night. How, yeah. When was Saturday Night Live even relevant last? It's been, it's been a while. Michael Che and Colin Jost. I watch it time, but it's not what it used to be. No, it's not. It, it's, so. it used, it, the last time it was really relevant was maybe like what during the. During the, Lincoln the last administration? During, during, during the not the not this last presidential campaign, but the one before um, Obama and Romney, and Bush? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I know that's only because SNL tends to be amazing with political humor. But even yeah. then, like lately, it's been it's been terrible. It hasn't even gotten that really on the mark, yeah. except for Alex Baldwin and Trump. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, but, that's literally know. the only clips I, I see that are funny. There's but, been there's anyway. been a really there's been some funny ones. If you ever Google SNL Shrek, hilarious. <laughs> oh, that kind of sounds funny. Hilarious. But, anyway, yeah. But with these two Debrons, like, I, like every time they've been on TV, like they're not funny. It's like forced humor. It's just like a lot of like, like when I watch Saturday Night Live, it's just yeah. like, oh god, this they, is this shit. Like, let me just turn this. They off. can be funny. They are funny on SNL, and they have they definitely have their moments. But you can tell that they're out of their wheelhouse in this oh, particular yeah. case. You know, what I mean, raw and all, and actually interacting with someone on the other side of a camera and all of that stuff. You know, backstage, it, it's just not not what they do. So. Yeah. And apparently um, they're just going to put these two jabrones in, in that battle royale. And Braun Strowman, basically, he's just this big, huge guy oh that's been God. beefing with them. I will say I did love, though, uh, when they announced that they were going to be in it. And uh, Braun Strowman tells Alexa Bliss, who's, who for some reason is the host of WrestleMania, which means we'll see her like twice throughout the night. <laughs> Fucking, well, last just year like when Jon Stewart the, was the host of WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, did they have the New Day last year or was that two years ago? Two years uh, ago. Two years ago, okay. yeah. Yeah. But uh, I did love when Braun Strowman said, Alexa, can you get these two guys in the battle royal? And she goes, 
as the host of WrestleMania, I cannot sacrifice two comedians for your bloodlust. I'm just kidding. Sure, I can. And I thought that was the greatest fucking thing ever, the way that she said that. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, the way she said it, the way they're joking all that stuff, that was the best fucking part about this particular feud. You know what I mean? Like, that was just it, just, it just made me laugh. It's the only part about this that has really made me laugh. <laughs> so pretty much, like, every jobber on the card, male jobber on the card, is going to be in this battle royale. And it's probably going to come down to Braun Strowman and then these two guys. And some foolish, foolishness is going to happen. I think Braun... Um, uh, Rob Gronkowski at one time he was involved in one of these matches similar to this like all the, the job no no, no he was he was involved in the Intercontinental, Intercontinental match no that wasn't an Intercontinental match it was oh. the Andre the Giant Battle Moral because he's friends with oh that's right uh, that's right yeah. Mojo had been like the Intercontinental Champion like right before that and no then, he was never Intercontinental no he was he, he was the, never Intercontinental Champion I'm gonna look that up right now and so he was he basically a jobber and he was the winner and the way he won is his friend Rob Gronkowski from college helped him beat that um Oh, Jinder Mahal guy. That, that, that might guy. that might happen again. Yeah, he's pretty much from the Patriots now. Yeah. Yep. So, but anyways, and then um, <laughs> the next uh, match that I have um, towards the bottom is a fatal fatal four way match for the SmackDown tag fiddle team. Four way? Fatal four way. Oh, fatal. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. That sounds more interesting. So basically, you're gonna have four tag teams going for the SmackDown uh, tag team titles. So. We got uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black, who are two... Oh, okay, I know Aleister Black. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And these two badass dudes from NXT. Ricochet's probably my favorite wrestler after AJ Styles, because he does all those cruiserweight Shout things. Shout out to AJ Styles. Um, he designed our logo. <laughs> <laughs> he and Aleister that? Black, who um, has that badass theme oh, song. Oh, he's the one who's code orange at their, his theme song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where I know him from. And then uh, Sheamus and Cesaro and versus Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. And the, versus the champions, the Usos, the Rock's little cousins. You know what, dude? That, that would be. I still like this idea of a fiddle for fiddler four way, and then we could have you know, all them, and then we could have Rusev. You just have a hoedown in the middle. No, we'll put Rusev on a roof because he's the closest one we have to a Russian. Um, <laughs> that was a deep cut. Someone, somebody got that fucking thing that way. That would be badass. That'd be amazing. They had like a match where like you have to climb a roof, but it's like in a constant incline, and it's constantly a fiddler down. on the roof you have to match. Play a fiddle on the roof, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you playing the flute? Get the fiddler. You, you, you look like you were playing a flute with your hands there. <laughs> oh, is this the... No, not that's not... That's a fiddler, like a violin. It's a fiddle. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wrong, wrong. What were you... You're, you uh, sorry, for some reason I was uh, stuck with that it was a flute. You fiddle a flute? You fiddle your flute, don't you? You fiddle that meat flute. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> anyway, um, I really like this match. I'm really... I, I think... Because uh, Ricochet and, and Aleister Black also have a tag team title shot on Friday for the NXT tag team titles. Oh, they do, yeah. And so I think it would be amazing if at the end of Sunday they had both sets of titles. I think that that would be... I don't think that would last very long, but no. I think it would be fun as hell. And it'd because be where a hell, do you it'd write be yourself an image. Because yeah. Yeah. they're pretty much a main roster uh, call-ups now. At this point, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. just... they're To me, I think they're going to do the honors um, uh, takeover. Yeah. And then, you know, just, just leave it there. And they are going to beef with each other after WrestleMania. And you're gonna so? have, oh yeah, definitely, because they don't belong as tag team. They they belong as individual stars. Yeah, but man, they're so fucking good together. They're such such great chemistry. They complement each other so well. The only tag teams that ever stay together is New Day and the Usos. No, I don't. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that. But what I'm saying is like, they, I don't think they have to do it like right now. Right now, you know what I mean? Like, right I just got up for some water, and he, his choice for I a cup was a rock up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do it on purpose, but um, I just saw. Uh, is his name from uh, Aerosmith? 
Elias. <laughs> Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh, Matt Hardy. Yeah. Matt Hardy. So Art's drinking um, out of one of my collector's cups from uh, one of the live events that came here to Bakersfield. So. I will say I am the one thing that has me disappointed about this match is that up to this there had been a little bit of uh, heat between the the Hardy Boys and the Usos talking about how they were the only real actual brother tag teams. Oh yeah. Like they even said like Edge and Christian are wrestling brothers and they fought other wrestling brothers, but you know the Usos are the only other brothers, real brothers. And I thought, okay, that'd be cool. Fucking have them do their match and then have Aleister Black and Ricochet versus the Revival for that title. And that'd be fucking dope. But no, they just... <laughs> I, I, they put And they put the Hardy Boys in the fucking uh, Jabba Royale. Fucking, yeah. Which I think is... Anyway. Wait, yeah. the Hardy Boys are still wrestling? Yeah, dude. They, they were they like just, wrestling when I was a little kid they in just elementary signed, school. They just signed uh, another one-year contract like a month, two months ago. Dude, they're 45 as fuck. Oh, my fuck, God. Dude. You know, that kind of, you know, the tie... I'm sure you saw that... Um, John Oliver thing where yeah. he has like wrestlers yes. wrestling until they're. Do you want to get into that later? Let's get into it later. We can but... do it right now, dude. It's organically. Well, came I up. mean, just like they invited him on there, right, to yeah. discuss it. I don't know if you have to discuss it or whatever, but it. So you know, he had that piece about wrestlers wrestling into their forties, and realistically, their life expectancy is like decreases. But yeah. like you're expected to die around your sixties to fifties, you know, like that. At that point, you've already had your entire life. So, um, who's the wrestler they had on there? The one that was like, oh, it was um, Roddy Piper. Roddy mm-hmm. Piper um, mm-hmm. had that really sad story where he's talking about, I was like, I'm not going to make it to my 60s. And then he, he died just like two years ago, right? Um, no, it's been no, like it's four well, or five right. years ago now. But yeah, he he actually was um, somebody that was very vocal about that. Him and Jesse Ventura yeah. about like, hey, wrestlers need more rights. And what Art's indicating is, is that there's a show on HBO called, um, what is it called again? Last uh, Week Night. Or this week, uh, or last this week with John Oliver. Yeah, yeah. really good show. Tonight? Last week tonight, <laughs> <laughs> really good show, and he brings up very good points. And everybody in the industry, whether it's CM Punk or whatever, um, they bring these these things up every now and again. And then it just seems that you know Vince will you know write him off, you know, um, take him to court. That's how what happened to CM Punk. Yeah, takes him to court and just you know keeps prolonging you know the trial and just you know bankrupts him basically. So that way they don't really get any money. They spend all their money trying to fight Vince. And it's like a Donald Trump tactic, basically. But, yeah, he basically has wrestlers be independent contractors, which means you're, quote-unquote, self-employed. But you have a contract where you can only work for the WWE. Uh, You can't work anywhere else. You get no health benefits. You pay for everything on your own, basically. You pay for your own costumes. You pay for your your all of your expenses to get to these arenas. And you have to go, you have to be at these places even if you're not on TV. So if you have a show in New York, you know, for WrestleMania and you're not on the card, you still have to be there. And then at the next day, you have to be in Boston, even though you're not going to be on camera or doing anything, you have to drive to Boston and it's on your dime, even though they don't have anything for you there. You and, I will, and I will say there is a point to, as a wrestlers in general, that was made on Last week tonight with John Oliver. That is the name of the <laughs> Thank show. Thank you for looking at it. Yes, up, yes. I wanted to make sure it was. It was it's been a me. long week. Um, we usually do these shows on the weekend after we yeah, get some rest. Yeah, right. so. But um, from for the wrestling world in general, like yeah, that works. The idea that they're independent contractors because at, at the indie circuit, smaller and even like certain bigger ones like AEW is one of the big things. You know, with them coming up, they're just saying that. You know, yeah, we're signing all these guys' contracts, but as long as it doesn't conflict with our times, we're going to let them go out and wrestle wherever they want, whenever they want. That's good. Right? But because they can go from organization to organization, technically speaking, yeah, that would designate someone as an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. But with the WWE's model, they are signing them, and it's totally exclusive. And 
the fact of the matter is, um, I remember last year, two years ago, there was a potential lawsuit coming up with Uber regarding the way that they offer insurance for their drivers and whatnot, because all the drivers are independent contractors. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this lawsuit and potential uh, um, amendments to various uh, state constitutions was basically going to say, well, are they independent contractors? If they're if these people make up ninety percent of your workforce, or are they just like regular employees at that point? If that is how you, you know what I mean. So it the WWE model it does kind of blur that line. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 very nuanced, but I do think that John Oliver going for the big dog um, is definitely the way to fucking. And let's get something straight too. Like the reason why this model has been is because for years WWE was privately owned by the McMahon's. You know mm-hmm. Vince's dad before him. And then Vince purchased it from his dad. And then, you know, like I said, eventually Stephanie's going to take over. But the company went public. So they're a public, publicly owned entity. You yeah. know, the McMahon's own most of those shares. But um, that's my dog. Oh, yeah. through, to the other side. But yeah, the McMahon's own most of those shares. But it's a public company. And that's why it's so much of a, an uproar. Because when you go to college and you take these business classes, you learn about corporate responsibility. And, you know, you have to be a good corporate citizen, which means, you know, being eco-friendly out, you know, in the world and also taking care of your employees wwe doesn't really do that no. you hear stories you know feel good stories where like so-and-so was you know you know addicted to some kind of drug or whatever and the mcmahon's paid for the rehab but all that is is like any any savvy business person knows that's just a tax write-off for them you know they're not they have no interest in providing them health insurance because they, they gain nothing from that you know um once their body betrays these wrestlers or whatever because they they say when you take a bump it's like almost the equivalent of getting hit by a car every night and once their body betrays them the wwe doesn't have any more use for them you Mm -hmm. see how they treat mick foley they treat him like like shit most of the time when he comes back and he put his body through hell he was that guy that you know the undertaker threw off the top of the cage he was in the video and (laughs) once his yeah yeah yeah, once his body betrayed him you know vince was just like hey i got no more use for you you're on your own you have to figure your own life out now and there are some guys you can see that they're definitely going that way like we just talked about the hardy boys like you you see the way that they move now they they can barely you know they're barely walking right well i mean like the undertaker the undertaker isn't some like underground wrestler but he wrestled until he's like how old is that guy he's He's in in his 50s 50s like he looked like a robot at the end he was like barely moving that last fight that he had with um roman reigns with roman reigns it was like hard to watch because it was like you want to root for the guy but at the same time it's like come on man like what are you doing there that fight had to be one of the slowest fights yeah well here's here's the thing with with a case like that versus versus other wrestlers and this is another thing that i like the miz has come out john cena has come out and they've defended the company against you know uh, against john oliver and all the stuff and what they're saying is they have treated me right and i have gained so much and i, I have set up my family for life and and they're talking about their personal experiences but what what they're not d- uh, addressing is the dozens of wrestlers that kind of got left in the wake yeah. in their success so when the undertaker comes back and he's coming back in you know his 50s and damn near 60s it's because well i can still go and it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to turn down a $2 million payday or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck for, you know, a 10-minute squash or whatever. And it's still going to get a huge pop from the crowd for the nostalgia factor. And let's be but, clear, John Cena and The Miz yeah. are two of the most protected yes. individuals in the company. They are going to have a job, you know, once their body betrays them. If your name, if you're one of those jabrones in the fucking Battle Royale, 
once their yeah. body betrays you, they have no more use for you. And yeah. you see that, you know, you see these older wrestlers, you know, they get addicted to pain pills and they pass away yeah. early in their 60s. Well, John Cena's but, already like doing his movie thing. Yeah. Right, know, right. He's not, he's one foot out the door. Already. Oh yeah, for sure. And they, and they've moved on and they've had that ability. And like I was, like I was saying with the Undertaker, he has that ability to say, you know what, I'm moving slower, but I, this is a big payday and mm-hmm. I'm not going to pass it up. I don't, I don't have to, but I'm not going to pass it up. Other wrestlers that are wrestling into their 50s and can't move, it's not because, oh, well, I'll make one or two million dollars. It's because I don't have a pension. I, there was no 401k. I don't have health insurance. I don't, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's a lot of them, that's all I've they know. I've got to, I've got to wrestle. I've and got to what, fucking do this because I don't have any money and I got, you know, bills to pay, kids to take care of. One of the things that John Oliver brought up is that, you know, there is no off season for, for the yeah, WWE. Yeah, no. And I never even realized that. You know, I, I would have thought, you know, WrestleMania is about to happen, the biggest event in, like, the, the wrestling community. You would think that they would at least get, like, two months off. Does it just go back the next week? Like yeah, you're, no, mon- the mon- very Monday next night. Day, Monday night. Very next day, they're just going back it is, at it. Raw oh, is man. Monday night Raw after WrestleMania is the biggest Raw of the year. Jeez, and it's the next I don't night. understand how, I guess the soap opera part is the thing that keeps it going, but... You know, no other sport is like, you know, basketball, like if, if, if the championship happened and then the next day it's like, all right, well, we're tipping off the new season. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, that would be so difficult. Like it, it would kind of become boring to watch. But I guess there are those like nights are just them talking and I've, the drama's I've, building. I've thrown out the idea in my own mind, like when I'm doing fucking yard work or cleaning the pool or whatever, like cycle out wrestlers. You know, that's what they used to do in the territory mm-hmm. systems when there was individual, you know, um, you know, territories, different companies before the WWE came in and monopolized them all that, you know, Hey, cycle out wrestlers, you know, after a while, you know, John Cena gets old, you know, you get tired of seeing John Cena after a while, AJ Styles gets old right now. AJ Styles is kind of like in a, in a lull period because he's kind of ran through his whole shtick. You know, you see the same thing over and over again. You know what I'm saying? After a while, you get sick of watching yeah. the Warriors blow out teams, you know, in basketballs. You need like that three month break to be like, oh shit, I missed that. It's mm, kind of like with yeah. Roman Reigns when he left, he was getting booed right and left. Everybody was sick of seeing him because he was getting forced down everyone's throat. He went away and beat cancer, and now you can't you you can't even fucking hear hear yourself when he comes out. Now everyone is cheering hard for him, but there will come a time yeah. where it's just like, all right, we're sick of seeing you. But I think they need to cycle people out because when somebody comes out, comes back, you get the biggest pop ever. Yeah, and I, I will say even then, like when the the he was gone for like I think not even not even three months, right? And then uh, oh no, he was gone a little bit longer than that. Anyway, it wasn't that long. And uh, when he came back, like yeah, everyone loved him. But then he started hinting at a title run. Really, it was just get the shield back together. But he's mm-hmm. kind of start hinted at it, and you could hear the crowd coming. Like, I don't even know about all fucking that. But yeah, we're just happy um, to see you. Yeah. But and I think I think the cycling out, especially right now with how much talent the WWE has, so many people are getting buried because they just don't have enough time for them. Yeah. They just don't have enough uh, enough TV time for all of them, you know. And the way that it's set up right now, I mean, maybe for some of these bigger names, you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's different. But for a lot of these guys, if you're not at the show, if you're not if you're not in the ring, you're not getting paid. So mm-hmm. they can't afford to say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take a two month vacation, or hey, I'm not gonna travel for the next four weeks, hey, because fucking. Like like you've been saying, Art, you know, there is a storyline to progress. So fucking you're not going to get paid and the show's going to go on without you. So if you come back, well, maybe we don't have a spot to fill you in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. Unfortunately, it's not something we can just say. I oh, think an off season would do so. them so, so much good mm-hmm. if they just took like a, you know, four week off season. Yeah. 
I, you know, I agree because sometimes there's just too much wrestling to watch yeah. and I can't keep up. But to move it along, yep. um, the next match is one of those matches where just to get people on the card is another, you know, fatal four-way match. Yep. Where it's just like you see the trend here. It's like we get as many people on the card as possible. It's for the women's tag team um, titles, which, you know, is a very new thing. The women yep. have never had a tag team title before. And the champions are Sasha Banks. And Bailey, one of our favorites. The Boston Hug Connection. The Boston Hug Connection. Terrible going, name. Going up against uh, <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer Beth Phoenix, who is just an Am- literally an Amazon of a woman. A Glamazon. Yeah, she is huge. She <laughs> is. She's basically her, yeah? oh, yeah. she's basically a blonde China. She's buff as hell, and she's picking up three hundred pound bitches and throwing them out the ring. She, she's huge. And her tag team partner is Natalia Nightheart, who is Bret the Hitman Hart's niece. Um, Tamina Snuka, who is one of The Rock's cousins, and her tag team partner is Mia Jax, who is also one of The Rock's cousins. Huge, <laughs> huge Samoan women. Yes, yeah. so big Samoan women. And then uh, another team is the Iconics. It's just two dime piece Australian girls. There, there are a couple of Australian girls that went actually, I guess, legitimately went to high school together, and they kind of came up. They got separated, and they came up through the NXT ranks together and stuff yeah, like that. They're like, crazy. They kind of yeah. got like this quasi lesbianic like relationship going on like a little tongue-in-cheek little action fucking um they're they fucking uh uh god you can just sound uh so fucking uh uh, billy k is really the the mike talent and peyton royce is the in-ring talent and they they work well together now that the matches are getting a little more interesting do you guys have a favorite in this one because i don't i don't really i mean i'll probably go with bailey who's bailey's partner Sasha Banks. banks Okay, yeah, that's to be honest with you. Title, that's yeah, to be honest with you, I really don't give a shit about this match. I just hope that Sasha and Bailey win because it's the only people that make that feel right Here's, having those titles. My my thought is I kind of I kind of want the Iconics to win because I think it'd be fun because it's just like that is the goal of their relationship together, and I think that they would make great chicken shit heels. Kind of like when uh, Charlotte Flair had uh, Rick in her corner. She was a great chicken shit heel. Yeah. And so I think they could do something like that. And in Elimination Chamber, I was surprised at the performance they put on. They were really fucking good. And that doesn't get showcased a lot. I just hope whatever the fuck happens, Natalia and Beth Phoenix don't get it. Because I fucking hate part-timers holding titles. Yeah. You know, and unless Beth Phoenix is going to come back and do a good year run or whatever the fuck. Like, I... I was pissed she's off. She's a when mom. I, she I, can't. She can't do it. She's a mom. I was pissed off when I thought that it was going to be just the Boston Hug Connection versus the uh, Divas of Doom or whatever the fuck their name is. Yeah. When it became a four, I was like, all right, I'm fine with them in it. You know what I mean? But I don't. I don't want. I don't want. It's going to be a three minute match yeah. that you know it's going to be another bathroom, it, which is unfortunate because Bailey's awesome, Sasha's awesome. I don't think it will be because they're trying to push this new title, <laughs> so I think it'll be a big, a longer match. On this that. big card, I think it is because the next match is going to be. Uh, Kurt Angle's farewell match. So basically his retirement match. Basically like what The Undertaker had with Roman Reigns. Yeah. It's going to be his farewell match. Farewell match against probably like the most boring wrestler of all time, Baron Corbin. I think this one could, is going to be like a three-minute match. Partially because Kurt Angle just can't move. Uh, Kurt Angle is like you were talking about. Yeah. Art. Like he just, he can't look to the right. You know I, what I mean? I like, agree with Eric on this one. I mean, I think Kurt Angle will win. I think it'll be like... That so, one I'm not sure about, unfortunately. But I do think it'll be a short. I, I think he'll win. I think he'll, they'll make him go out on top. Because I've never even heard of that other guy, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. So it's just like I feel like the only reason um, the Undertaker lost is because he was going up against the the next, yeah, the next like face the biggest company. guy, the, the, the guy that everyone wanted to be, Rock Jr. So the rumor has it though is that you know because there's a lot of backlash against this because Kurt Angle, legitimate gold medal, you know, Olympic wrestler. Um, an amazing, you know, when he in his prime, you know, his his matches are some of the greatest yes. matches of all time. They're like, how dare you, you know, 
have him go out against this job or this this boring asshole the rumor has it is that it's a sort of that you know they're just putting it out there to generate heat which is just like you know fake backlash to get people interested in talking about this match and that the rumor is is it might be the undertaker that comes out um or john the, cena that comes john out cena or, or somebody somebody it's a bigger name uh, because John Cena would make a lot of sense because John Cena had his debut match against Kurt, Kurt Angle. Angle. Oh, wow. And it would be poetic, I think, to have John Cena beat Kurt Angle's yep. last match. And it, they both have, they're both, you know, would be entertaining to watch. Because, I mean, even though Kurt is beat up, um, Rogan even said, like, on his podcast, because Hinchcliffe was trying to get uh, yeah, <laughs> Rogan yeah. into this. And he was like, yeah, wow, like he was interested. Like you can tell, you know, Angle's been through some you know, neck surgeries because he has this thick neck, dude, uh-huh. just thicker than a Snickers. But then his arms, I guess like when you fuse discs together in your neck, your arms just go through this tremendous astrophy where it's just like your muscles just deplete. I mean, I was looking at him, I was like, holy shit, his arms are really like, like disproportionate compared to the rest of his body because yeah. it's just so they're so much more skinnier than his just like tree trunk legs this humongous like fucking rhinoceros neck and then you look at his arms it's just like it's like my arms out there or something, it's, you know? he is he is his body type in general is so weird because he he's just he's obviously in shape but he's obviously not in the shape he used to be but uh-huh. he's obviously taking a bunch of sh- like his, his yeah. body type is i mean so he won a weird. gold medal with a broken, broken neck. freaking neck yeah he's yeah, so Which I found out, I guess he broke like the day before. It wasn't like he broke it in the <laughs> match and then finished the last minute. Like he broke it like the day before and yeah. then trained that night and went through the whole fucking match with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. Good Christ. And he's somebody that's overcome like pain addiction, like those yeah. painkiller addictions. So he's gone through some shit. So that's why it makes this match even like the fans get more pissed off about yeah, it. Because yeah. it's like this guy has overcome, you know, physical obstacles. He has overcome fucking, you know, substance abuse because he was a raging alcoholic for a long time. And that's why he wasn't with the WWE because yep. they're like, hey, we can't help you dude if you're gonna be like this drug addiction he was actually koba and warrior that tom hardy movie oh he yeah, was, yeah he was the main bad guy i guess he lost a bunch of weight and that was like him getting back on the road to recovery or whatever but it's just this amazing like when you look at his story like his real life story it's an amazing story about somebody who saw the other side of you know what most wrestlers don't yeah so that's why I think it's a swerve. Like, I don't think they would have this legitimate... Like, because he was the original Ronda Rousey. Yeah, he was the oh, one for sure. That came he, in from he was like MMA. the first major crossover. That, yeah. There was a permanent star, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, hey, he deserves a lot better, yeah. so... I the only the only thing that I the only problem I have with that swerve I hope it is there's that part of me that wants to believe it is the only problem I have with that is the fact that there has been no official um, like advertising for John Cena or Undertaker like last year John Cena was trying to swerve everyone give me Undertaker give me Undertaker and like he started WrestleMania in the stands but that's what makes but, wrestling great those unexpected returns but I I think that they would have I think they they would do some sort of like at least say he's going to be in the building or say something like that you know what I mean because they're, they're just trying to get more eyes you know what I mean and then allegedly Vince has a huge hard on for Baron Corbin because he's a big he's <laughs> like whether he he can he can wrestle or not whether he can have my skills or not he's that body type he's a big lean dude you know he's a former golden gloves boxer you know and he was also a former offensive lineman for the Arizona yeah, Cardinals uh-huh. actually too yeah he was actually in the NFL so physically he has the attributes it's just you know he, he hasn't quite put it all together and I actually liked his character a lot more when he was in NXT. Like he was this like big biker dude, just yeah. like this like lone wolf McQuaid. Like it, like to me, like it worked. Like he just looked like you know just somebody like from the Mongols or from the Hell's Angels or whatever. Not like a stereotypical one, but like a real life one. Like they would just walk in the bar, grab a couple of beers, and then walk out kind of guy. And like now he's like this like watered down like corporate. I just hope he, he changes. WrestleMania is where a lot of people change their looks and whatnot. I hope he gets out of that fucking vest, man. Yeah. 
Okay, but he, he he reminded me then of a lot what the Forgotten Sons are now in NXT, mm. kind of in that kind of biker kind of realm. But anyway, oh, and that's a retirement match. That is like that is the big thing. This is no way around it. Kurt Angle's last, last match. match. That there's he's no, gonna win it. That is the the uh, not stipulation, but you know it's it is how it's getting advertised. Like pushed really hard. Mm. So so our next match probably Art's gonna love. It is the Miz versus Shane O'Mac. In a Falls Count Anywhere match. Shane O'Mac? Yes. The, the Shane, McMahon. Shane McMahon. Oh, Shane Who McMahon. Does the Who does the Shane McMahon is going to win this. Yeah. <laughs> this is like not even close. And Shane McMahon, for the first time in a long time, he's actually playing the heel. Yeah. You know, for all the years, like since he's came back, he's played, you know, the good guy, the yeah. guy that everybody loves or whatever, the McMahon that everybody loves. Now he turned on the Miz or whatever. He beat up the Miz's dad or whatever. And the Miz is the man. guy that's like, they're like, um, Celebrity guy, right? Yes, is he the yes, one that pretends yes. that he's famous or something? Well, he did legitimately start on fucking uh, Road Rules of the Real World before real he world. got into Real World. The Real World was, New York, actually. Yeah, yeah. before oh, he wow. got into wrestling. And then he was on uh, Tough Enough, which was their like Ultimate Fighter. So he was on their reality show, and then he started wrestling. So, yeah. that's So the Miz was kind of... And he's in like all those Marine movies that, the, yep. that you see at Walmart. The Marine <laughs> 1. The Marine 2. <laughs> well, John Cena was in the original Marine. I think he was in the first two, wasn't he? And then... The Miz was in three, four, five, and six. I think he was in two, three, four, five. And I think he played the bad guy in two, and that's how he took over. Okay, oh, wow. so yeah, <laughs> so that's I think a story arc. Here. There's some funny shit too, like the last uh, Store Horseman uh, podcast we went to, uh, the Hell in a Cell one. Um, they were showing a preview um, on the WWE Network for the Marine, and I was like, oh god, which one is this? The Marine Seven, and like if the whole yeah, room yeah. popped in the shit, and I was just like, okay, it, I keep it watching. It didn't really, but he likes to think it did. No, it, it, it fucking did. <laughs> The whole room popped. <laughs> oh, I remember that, yeah. You weren't there! <laughs> <laughs> and so then it goes through the whole video package or whatever, and it's like, own it now at Walmart, the Marine 7. Six. And I was like, Six. god damn it. <laughs> Six. Many <Anyways>. um, <laughs> I, I think part of the reason why they, they did the thing with Shane was because I've been hearing that they have a lot of problems keeping Miz heel because of Miz and Mrs. The popular Miz and Mrs. And like his, uh, yeah, his, social media, his social media presence and all that stuff. Like, he's genuinely a good dude. And so when people are seeing him there, they can't quite equate him with the heel that they see on TV. You have to kind of keep them completely apart. And you can't really in this day and age. And so that's why they're trying to, or at least part of, I would postulate, why they made him into a, a, a face. You know what I mean? It's a, a good guy. You know what I mean? So... And he's been cutting like amazing promos oh, or whatever. Like it's just like you feel it. Like like these that Baron Corbin guy, where it's just like he got no personality whatsoever. The Miz, for all intents and purposes, he's not a great wrestler wrestler in ring. But when he opens his mouth, it, it, like you can't help but be glued yeah. to the TV. And he he says it straight up. He goes, he was influenced by The Rock, who is another person. Like he's okay in the ring, but when The Rock opens his mouth, it's just like that's he has yeah. it. You know whatever it is. The Miz has it. It's just like whatever he's talking about, whether he's talking about Kobe Kingston, whether he's talking about his own dad, whether he's talking about his hot wife, whether he's talking about his baby girl that, you know, the Shane O'Mac is making fun of or whatever. And um, you, you just listen to him talk. And you're just like, fuck yeah, I can get behind it. So that's why, like, every time when The Miz is a bad guy, it's like it doesn't work because even when he's making fun of people, it's like you can't help but laugh because people cheer him. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, oh shit, that's funny. Like, you know, like how can you hate on that? You know, it's like watching Tony Hinchcliffe's comedy. Yeah, he might be bagging on you directly, but you gotta laugh at it because it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the miss is probably gonna win because he's people like him, but 
We yeah. all know who the real winner is. Art here. <laughs> art, art, art is and uh, whatever fucking hospital they're going to take Shane to after he jumps <laughs> off of something really tall. Yeah. That's my <laughs> prediction. Whatever, whoever wins, we just know Shane's going to jump off something ridiculous. That's been the joke. Like, even, the, the money. even like two months ago, even the Usas were like, Shane McMahon, we, what's he going to jump off? Uh, jump off the jumbo chon. Jump off the ring. Hey, see the WrestleMania sign? Shane McMahon's going to jump off of that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what stadium are they at? They're in uh, the Giant Life. Stadium? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. There's. Yeah, he would die if he jumped off that thing. <laughs> Which would be amazing. <laughs> Not that he died, but if, <laughs> but if he jumped off like the scoreboard he or something. He skydive in. That'd be amazing. That would be the would greatest be so entrance awesome. of all time. Sean Michaels, oh, he had that like... Uh, the zip line. The, the zip yeah. line. That would like totally trump that. Oh, man. So. Next match um, is my favorite wrestler. Uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I think this one could take. The, I, I think this one could steal the whole fucking show. They haven't been doing a lot of build up to it, but they haven't had to. Like the like Randy Orton already been telling the story about how he's trying to be a legend killer. He's been telling that story for months now, almost a year I think. Um, and Wait, a, him and AJ Styles are, have just gotten so personal, and their shit talk has been not personal like Samoa Joe was getting personal talking about AJ Styles' wife, <laughs> but just the way that they bag on each other. Fucking. So AJ Styles had that fight last. Uh, uh, was it WrestleMania or Hell in a Cell or something? Where, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Where like his whole family was involved. Like, his yes, daughter yes. was kidnapped or something. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I guess I'm just stuck. Like, I can hear Tony Hitchcock's voice in the back where like, he's talking about making fun of his wife and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. his plain looking family. <laughs> Yep. So that's okay. That's my understanding of who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how AJ Styles. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth. Every time AJ Styles comes on the screen, Elizabeth goes, "He looks like he should be singing country songs." <laughs> no, he looks like the dad from like House Flippers or whatever. Like the, he kind of does. He kind of yeah, if he had long hair or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're 30 as fuck and you have cable, watch HGTV. You know what I'm talking about. Go. I just, I just, I'm just gonna say, I think that this is gonna be the, the show stealer. They haven't done a lot of build up, but I don't think they've had to. I think the build has been awesome. Actually, the build up's been and, great. And I'm gonna say that my favorite line from this whole thing, all the shit talk, they've been great shit talk. Fucking, uh, when AJ Styles said to him, you know, you've been doing this so long, and all you've got is a knockoff diamond cutter. <laughs> I literally on my couch went, oh my god. <laughs> so basically, Randy Orton's finishing moves called the RKO. And it's basically a ripoff of some other wrestlers. Move, uh, some other Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Hall of Famer Jesus Diamond Christ. Dallas Page. His, his, his uh, finishing move, which is basically a, the last part of the Stone Cold Stone. So that's basically what Randy Orton does as well. So. Um, but it, the, but the whole thing that amounts to is that Randy Orton saying like, "Oh AJ, while I was you know winning championships when I was in my 20s here in the main you know WWE brand or whatever, you were filling up high school gyms, basically making fun of him because he was you know the biggest independent wrestler and a lot of like WWE cold um, wrestlers, I guess you could say, like wrestlers that have only spent their time in WWE, they look down upon the independence." And, because they do, they they wrestle in high school gyms. They wrestle um, PW, PWG. They wrestled in Rosita, which was they uh, wrestled in the American Legion, which is just basically as big as my uh, my living room right here. It's a hall. Yeah, it's just a regular like chow hall, you know, for veterans or whatever. And it's just like, but it gets this humongous, you know, underground underground vibe. It's like punk rock, basically. Um, and a lot of you know WWE guys, they're they're kind of like the Burger King to you know the mom and pop shop or whatever. And they look down upon that. So that's basically the basis of the whole feud. You got the king of, you know, that 
you know, indie scene, that, the indie scene, yeah. yeah, versus you know the the, the, the favorite child of Vince McMahon, who's been spent, who's been silver spooned his whole career. The youngest uh, champion in uh, WWE history at one point. I don't think he still is, is he? Yes, he is, he is still. Yeah. 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 It was well, Brock Lesnar, yeah. but yeah, yeah. yeah. Randy Orton. But, yeah, so that so it's yeah. So do you guys? Uh, obviously, you're an AJ Styles fan, so I assume you want AJ Styles. It makes more sense storyline wise because AJ still has some uh, some good years left now that you can write you know some better storylines. Like Randy Orton, he's one of those. He's great in the ring, but it's just like there's he's told every story that there has been able to tell. He's just he, he at this point in his career, he is just there for the WrestleMania matches. He's he what a 13 time champion. He's something yeah. ridiculously high like that so I mean you've told every story you could with Randy Orton at this point you just use him to get other wrestlers over basically give him that rub it's called where it's just like you use his name basically to make it look to give credibility you know let, let's say this was UFC uh, Amanda Nunez she gets credibility for knocking out uh, Chris Cyborg because that name Cyborg just strikes fear in people and Amanda Nunez it's been that 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 girl mm-hmm. that was able to knock her out. So it's kind of like that. Like Randy Orton, if we you know take the fakeness out of it or whatever, he is like that Chris Cyborg. He has been you know this machine, and for AJ Styles to go over on him, that gives AJ more credibility to his career. Basically, it's like beating you know uh, a Macho Man Randy Savage. That's and that's the thing about that. I don't know if AJ Styles at this point needs more credibility to his career, but I do like the way they've gone. I think that they're telling an interesting story. And I don't care which way it goes. I think I really and truly think that this could be, you know, this. And oh yeah, they're both great wrestlers. I think this, I, I think this could take it. I think the cruiserweight championship will be much better than a lot of the matches on the main card. And I think it could be a show stealer. But this one, if I had my money, this is the match. It's gonna be like this oh, is yeah. the match of the night. I totally agree. I totally agree because I mean, AJ plays well with dudes that are mm-hmm. bigger than him, and Randy Orton's is huge dude. Yeah. So. yeah, as long as they give him time. As uh, long <laughs> as they give him time. If it's a, if it's a five minute match, it's Randy Orton. Yeah. They're gonna give him time. Yeah. <laughs> So the next match I have on here is for the United States Championship, which is kind of like a mid-card belt, right? Yep. Um, and it's uh, Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. That, so that guy you were talking yeah. about earlier that hijacked AJ Styles' yeah, family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope Samoa Joe wins. Yeah, so yeah, he's going yeah, up against uh, Rey Mysterio. Rumor is uh, this match is for uh, custody of Dominic. Okay, that's how <laughs> this is going to work, you know? I can... What Eric's referencing basically <laughs> is Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio at one point one gimmick match they had was for the custody of Rey Mysterio's son. <laughs> because because the storyline was Eddie Guerrero told him, Dominic, I'm your poppy. And it was this whole thing where he was like he was like even calling out Rey on SmackDown, like he was shooting blanks, so I had to I agreed to help him out to give him a son and all this stuff. And it was yeah. like and Dominic and Dominic's like eight or nine at that time. And it's like yeah. fuck dude. With frosted tips. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that that's more. I think that's more realistic today, yeah. because if you look at him today, Dominic is like more than a foot taller than his father. Like, yeah. No, your father was a Samoan. I could see that. <laughs> Samoa Joe was your dad. I, Dude, they should have rolled with that. Cause yeah, Dominic's <laughs> fat as fuck. He looks just like Samoa Joe. Um, but yeah, I, to me again, this is one of those uh, matches that were just thrown together at the last minute. You got this huge name in Rey Mysterio, and you got this absolute killer in Samoa Joe, who's been the united states champion now for a couple weeks that they haven't done anything with really on tv so it's just one of those like credibility matches like when people go back and watch this on the network or go and buy the dvd or dvd still exists like in 10 years <laughs> uh they're, they're like oh shit ray mysterio five small joe it's gonna be one of those matches yeah. just mm-hmm. you know when you go back and look at it in the present time it doesn't make sense but when you go back and watch it you're gonna be like oh shit this is one of those important matches that you're glad that happened if it happens because allegedly uh ray mysterio has an ankle injury that he suffered on monday 
while in a match with Baron Corbin. Yeah. And so he was supposed to have a Dude. match on t- Tuesday and didn't happen. I don't even know why Ray was was there on Monday night. Why did it have to be Ray? He's a fucking Aztec warrior. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, he he still goes out. It's fucking Ray Mysterio. Yeah. He he like I said, those when we're talking about the John Oliver thing, like he is one of those old school guys that it's just like you go out there, you rub some dirt in it, and you just go out there and perform. Yeah, it's that it's that old mentality of if you don't work, you don't get paid. So you're gonna work hurt. You know what I mean? You're gonna go until you physically cannot go anymore. Yeah. You know and Ray I mean? is super old school uh-huh. because he was raised in. in he was he came up through the mexican system where it's just like it's even more ruthless than you know this, this current wwe climate so you know i didn't even think about this but they have had his son dominic on uh, a lot lately uh-huh. and it's it's no secret that ray has sent dominic out to like four or five different wrestling schools over the past couple of years and then brought him in to finish him up himself like to finish off the chain himself mm-hmm. supposedly part of ray re-signing his deal was that dominic was going to have access to the performance institute uh I think I, I already thought that Dominic was getting involved in this match somehow, but if Ray is hurt, then they might try to lean more heavily on Dominic to make it work. That'd be awesome. I think mm-hmm. that might be that might, that might be the way to go. If if Ray if Ray can only go fifty percent, they just have Dominic in there a little bit more, and then have AJ Styles' daughter in there too as backup. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the next match, I got. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't put that. Oh okay. Numbers. Six, seven. Uh, so it'll be oh, okay. Intercontinental Championship match. This one I'm really excited for. So basically, you got Bobby Lashley with his um, his manager uh, Leo, Leo Rush, Rush, who is fucking hilarious. Yes. So the dynamic of these two is is Bobby Lashley. He's basically a black Brock Lesnar. He's fucking huge mountain of a man. Like you look at pictures of him, he's got muscles on top of muscles. Like he's. I got, think Corey Graves said it best. Bobby Lashley has muscles in places that you didn't even know you had places. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I think Corey Graves hit the nail on the fucking yeah. head with Bobby Lashley in that one. He is ridiculously <laughs> huge, dude. And he's a former Bellator fighter, um, MMA fighter as well. So, And he's a former, you know, uh, Army Ranger. Yeah. Like, this dude is, a, like, an absolute killer. And you look him up. What's his name? Uh, oh, here. Look at him right here. Bobby Lashley. Oh, okay. He's yeah. on the side of your cup. He was a headband. <laughs> All right, and his manager is the complete opposite. So his manager is this like 125 pound, five foot four dude. And they kind of look alike. Like it would be like if it was like his They're son. They're black. Do you saying all black people look alike? No, they look like if they, <laughs> that could be his son because he's 5'4 or whatever and like I fucking mean, 125 pounds. Yeah. Like he is small as shit. I've seen him in person. Like he looks like he could be my son yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I was black. But um, yeah, like the dynamic of it is. And But Bobby Lashley can't talk for shit. Like, he, he just, like, has no personality. He's just all looks. But the dynamic of that is is that Leo Rush, his manager, ha- is, like, probably right up there with Enzo Amore when it comes to microphone skills. Like, he is hilarious as hell. Maybe just a scotch under the Miz. He's not quite there yet, but it's just funny. Like, the shit that he yeah. talks is, like, it's like Chris Tucker almost, mm-hmm. like, the, like, with the way he talks shit. Um, and he's going up against uh, Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Who is not that much bigger than fucking... Uh, this guy? Yeah. yeah, so the guy you have your thumb on on your cup. By the way, Leo Rush is 5'6 and 160 pounds. But so he's you still know those tiny fucking dude. So you know those numbers are inflated though, right? No, he's all he's all fucking muscle though, dude. He is all fucking muscle. Like that's That shit is... Like, he's tiny. He's fucking tiny. There's no question yeah. about it, but... Like, anyway. He has as much muscle as my girlfriend. This would be he's just cut. No, dude, dude, this dude is cut. This dude has fucking mass on him, dog. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. How man. tall is he? <laughs> five six. He's five oh, four. He, that, those are WWE numbers. Those are K numbers. Those are Wikipedia numbers. Those are numbers he had before he was in the WWE. Inflated. <laughs> so anyways, Finn Balor. So that guy right there, that little Irish man right there. 
So basically Finn, he has this gimmick where like he's, he's a really good wrestler. He's basically like this cool guy that, you know, wears the leather jacket, goes out there with the cool entrance music or whatever and wrestles his ass off and people love him, right? He's, and he's fucking awesome. He's entertaining. He's, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the original leader of that Bullet Club uh, from Japan, right? That Bullet Club. Yeah. Those shirts that, you know, mm-hmm. always fucking wearing shit. Now, when he gets in a predicament, he changes into this character called the Demon King. Where he basically dresses up and you know this goth makeup and whatnot, and has these weird for whatever reason I don't know why he has these like fake predator braids on. Yeah, they were good luck in But he pretty much turns into like this this thing called the Demon King, and he just becomes outright. You saw it during SummerSlam. He fought Baron Corbin. Yeah. It was like literally like a two second match or whatever. And so basically, he you know when he has to overcome a humongous obstacle, he turns into this alter ego where he just faints face paints himself and. I guess magically gets all these superpowers. See, and that's the thing because I remember watching him uh, in NXT, and I saw him a little bit in New Japan uh, before then. And back, well, first of all, WWE just makes him do the same Demon King paint now. It's always mm-hmm. the same thing every fucking time. Which is still, it's still fucking it's awesome. It's kind of changed a little bit, Maybe like a little bit. But I mean, yeah. before he was doing like Carnage and Venom and like totally completely different paint jobs, or and the Joker, it, or the Joker, stuff like that. And the whole thing was, you know, WWE now he's basically getting superpowers. Before that, it was just like, no, this is my <laughs> this is my war paint. This is this yeah. is to bring out my. So he was like very real about it. Like this is still me, but you know this is me feeling like a badass because you're gonna open up a coffin and I'm gonna walk out dressed up looking like fucking Venom, uh, all in body paint, and it just makes me feel like a badass. It makes me feel empowered. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now WWE has turned into like you know he's he's a he's, a, he's an actual demon, which is weird. You know, yeah. but <laughs> and, and you know for like you know to sell toys or whatever, oh, like, yeah, for you, sure. you, they oh, got to yeah, do sure. that. And, like I think I have like a bandana that they gave yeah. out for free at some NXT show. Or whatever. I do think that they are missing a point in that particular sense in not letting them do a bunch of different makeups because that would be a great collector's thing if you have to get every single but makeup do, job. Though, Eric. Like I mean, it, it is the same character, which is a Demon King, but the paint is always a little bit different. And he has a segment um, on one of the little WWE Network shows or whatever. Every city he goes to, he goes to a local artist and he has him do, you know, airbrush work on him. So, like, at one point, um, he had, like, this big, the Eye of Balor. So, it's basically this Irish mythology, basically, of this, you know, demon. And I guess the eye, you know, puts puts curses, puts curses on people that, you know, that does them wrong or whatever. And so, he had, you know, a local artist in whatever, you know, town they were at that time, let's say Houston or whatever, airbrushed, like, this really satanic, like, eye on the back of his back. And then, you know, I think when he fought Seth Rollins um, at, you know, a couple summer slams ago, um, he had, like, you know, this green tongue coming out because it signified, you know, something that had to do with a local legend. Like, let's just say, like, the Jersey Devil or something. Yeah, no, and and there are all those differences, but I'm saying it's like in the past, it was, like, completely different paint jobs. It wasn't, like, subtle little nuances, like, to the same basic character, which is going to be, you know, the red and black demon with, you know, the big mouth that's going to start above his mouth and go down to his chest and stuff like that, you know. But you know why they did that, though, right? Is because, um, like, when he would do the Joker or when he would do Carnage or Venom or whatever, is because... Those are oh, properties. Those yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. But I mean, in New Japan, they're not going to get sued for it because no. they're in a whole other country. But when you come over here and you're a fucking publicly owned corporation, mm-hmm. you can't do that. So that's why they had to like homogenize it yeah. a little bit and be like, all right, you can tweak it a little bit. Just don't go out there looking like fucking um, <laughs> Harley Quinn or yeah. something like I, that. I just think if they, they didn't have to do the same thing, but if they've done like completely different things every fucking time, that would be a great. I, I, I if I had the cash for it, because I know it would probably be really expensive, but I would try to get every single one of those fucking figures with every <laughs> different fucking paint job. You know what I mean? But anyway. 
I think that'll be a good match. I think it's going to be. I think Leo Rush is going to try to interfere. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but which Leo Rush? I like Leo Rush. Uh, he's a great wrestler. He's a fantastic fucking wrestler. Oh, he's amazing. You know, he's, he's he's one of those cruiserweights. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, 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 it's just awesome. It bounces around, just has all the athletic ability in the world. And so. because and because he is a wrestler, they do a great thing where occasionally uh, Bobby Lashley and his giant self will just kind of pick him up and toss him at opponents and stuff like that, <laughs> which I think is great. I love that. I love that. Dyna- he uses Leo Rush as a rep- weapon, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> like a lawn so, dart. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, I think that's a great dynamic. I I think I, I don't think it'll be the best match because of Lashley, uh, not Lashley, just I don't know. They don't quite seem to have like great chemistry. Like the matches that that have been evolved between Finn and, and uh, uh, Bobby Lashley have been good, but that's usually because this is why of the think, Leo Rush. Or, this is why I think it's going to be a squash match. Yeah, because yeah. it's like you have to build credibility with the Demon King. Yeah, and it's just like you got two wrestlers basically. You know, one's a mountain of a goddamn man. And the other, you know, is really good wrestler in uh, Leo Rush. So if you just have him, like Leo Rush, tries to fucking interfere, fucking obliterate him right off the top, mm-hmm. and then just squash Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I, I agree. I think so. Yeah, I didn't think about it until you said that, but yeah, this is probably going to be a squash. Mm-hmm. One of the short. This would be like one of two or three, like three minute matches. Because I, mean? I mean, this is a. F- I'm getting tired just talking about all these matches. <laughs> <laughs> so number We're three, almost there. We're almost there. Yeah, third to the bottom, um, which should be second. But uh, the way I think WWE is going to do it, it's going to be Daniel Bryan, who is the champion, who is the WWE champion, which is basically the SmackDown champion. I've heard of this name. Uh, versus yeah. Kofi Kingston. So, Eric, you want to talk about the build-up to this match? Uh, the build-up was really unexpected. Um, it was supposed to take... Uh, it all started with the Elimination Chamber a couple of months ago. And uh, the whole the whole thing was it was going to be a bunch of guys um, in the, uh, the six-man elimination match in a chamber, um, as the name might imply. Uh, for Daniel Bryan's belt, and one of those guys was going to be Mustafa Ali, who I've been a huge fan of for a while Amazing now. Amazing wrestler. He was like on any given night, I felt like he and Buddy Murphy were like one and two, one A and one B on the two hundred five live roster, uh, even above Cedric Alexander. Um, and they brought him up to SmackDown, and he was going to be in this match, and I really think he deserved that spot. But the week before, um, in actuality, he did get an actual concussion, and uh, he did not pass concussion protocol, so he could not. Uh, get into the match so in his place they put Kofi Kingston before the elimination chamber match on Thursday night they wanted to try to build this whole thing up so they had a gauntlet match so basically two guys start all and uh, as soon as one person wins that match another guy will come in and they just keep going until you get through all the members of the gauntlet match and everyone in the gauntlet match was going to be the members that were going to be in the elimination chamber Kofi Kingston was the first person in that match and he fucking destroyed he just he put on an amazing performance, which it's you, you, he he can do. You you've always known he can do, but Let you Google. forget. But you forget because he he's part of the new day, mm-hmm. because he kind of oh. gets buried in the tag team because he hasn't done a lot of single stuff, you know. And he while and he's been a part of the company for eleven years, uh-huh. and he's pr- the victim of that depth that the WWE yeah. has, where it's just like you have so many stars that you forget how good he is. Now, I mean, that's the storyline. Yeah. But like the actual reality of it is, is like they've been pushed, like the New Day have been pushing for, you know, one of them to be WWE champion for yeah. a couple of years now. And they're like, you know what? You know, Xavier's just like, you know what? I don't deserve it because, you know, I'm not that guy yet. You know, yeah. I have, I need to, you know, have some more uh, years in. Yeah. yeah, that guy. And then Big E says, you know, I'm not that guy yet because they've tried to push me before and it wasn't, you know, fair. Kofi, he's been here for 11 years. He has all the talent in the world. He can do pretty much anything anybody in this company can do, whether it be Daniel Bryan, 
uh, AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali. He yeah. can do everything anybody else can do. And he goes, you know what? It's way overdue for the WWE to have a black champion. Yep. Now, the actual champion, Daniel Bryan, there was an article I sent both of you guys uh, when Daniel Bryan took over as champion. Uh, and when you become champion, it's basically like winning the Academy Award for yeah. Best Actor. You know, it's a, it's a fake title, but it's a high honor within the company. You still because, earn it. You because still, you're, yeah. you're a locker room leader, basically. And so when Daniel Bryan, he's a very liberal person. He's from you know, Washington. He's from Seattle, the Seattle area. Aberdeen, actually, for Kurt um, Um He's like, hey, you know, we need to have more diversity here. That's the reason why you saw Mustafa Ali. Ali. Or Ali. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his name is now. So I'm, I'm um, going to call him Mustafa Ali. Yeah, me too. That's why you saw Mustafa Ali, you know, get that break on you know, 205 Live. Because he is actually one of the better people on the brand. And, and hey, we need some you know, Muslim faces, positive Muslim faces yeah, positive on TV. One. And he goes, you know what? The WWE has a bad reputation of handling African Americans. Now, WWE has a large African American fan base. Anytime I go to any live event, I'm like, wow, there's a, there's a lot of black fans. When I went to the last WrestleMania up in San Francisco, there was a lot of black fans. You can't help but think, it's just like, they're not representative fairly. Yeah, yeah Bobby Lashley might be the Intercontinental Champion, but he's going to get swashed by a little Irish dude. The last, the last black champion was Booker T well over a decade ago, and then before him was fucking Ron Simmons in WCW WCW way back in the day and that's only like a lineage thing that's only because WWE absorbed WCW so they absorbed that lineage so technically I mean? it wasn't even a yeah. part of WWE yeah. and it's like that your most ethnic head guy champion ever has been The Rock who doesn't even associate associate himself as black he associates himself more as Samoan I, I fucking thought he was Mexican for all those years whatever <laughs> so it's just like you need like you know you look at your fan base and you're just like, wow, you have some amazing, you know, black talent. You look at Ricochet, yeah. you know, like I said, Leo Rush. You know, you have all these great, great, great. Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley, with Leo Rush. I that's wanted, a full package. I wanted Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley because mm-hmm. I mean, they both. It would be just epic as hell. Um, but it's just like Daniel Bryan sees the same thing, you know, that the fans are seeing, and he's just like, hey. I'm willing to lay down for him. Whether that will happen or not, yeah, where you, whether Vince gives you know the title to Kofi um, is yet to be seen. We'll see. It'd be a nice feel-good story because he definitely deserves it. Yeah. You know, both in real life and on storyline-wise. Um, but, but the whole the whole reason why this, this even came up, the whole reason why Mustafa Ali was there at all, was because Daniel Bryan said we need a little more diversity. I've been and Daniel Bryan's a smaller guy as well. Yeah. He's going, I'm watching these guys on 205 Live and Mustafa Ali is a colored Muslim star who is a former police officer in Chicago. Yeah. Like he wants he wants to do like he's been very forward about the fact that he, he used to be Prince Ali and he used to be a heel and he hated it because he has a story where he talks about how when he was in the indie scene, you know, he he uh he was a heel he would say all sorts of terrible things, you know, nothing like over the top, but you know, he, yeah. he basic heel he basically stuff. Basically, played it, yeah. the terrorist. Basically, he, he played a terrorist, and then he walks over, and uh, some little white kid uh, says something to him, and he turns back, and he just saw like the the click in that kid's eye, and it was like, oh my god, I just made this kid hate Muslims. I just made oh, wow. this. This is where this happens, and so he wanted to be. Uh, he wanted to stop being just Prince Prince Mustafa Ali. He wanted to be Mustafa Ali, the good guy, all this stuff. So he's got all of this stuff mm. positive going for him. Daniel Bryan says, we're going to bring him up. I want to do this stuff with him. Um, he was supposed to be in that gauntlet match. 
then he he legitimately got that concussion. And so when they're looking around, they're like, okay, who are we going to get? And Danny Bryan says, someone from the New Day. And then the New Day comes in no, and says, specifically it's be, Kofi. Oh, we did specifically Kofi. Because okay. Kofi can, like I said, Kofi can do he anything can do yeah. anybody in that roster can do. So, so Mustafa Lee goes out and he says, okay, we're not going to bring anyone in. We're going to bring in the most qualified ethnic person that we can because we need that representation. You know, it's good, good on Danny Bryan for that. Mm-hmm. And then Kofi absolutely... Killed, killed it. it. That, it killed it. Like it, the crowd was going insane. I was going insane during that gauntlet match mm-hmm. for like over 40 minutes. He just kills it. He gets into the elimination chamber that Sunday. It comes down to Danny Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. And it's one of those moments where, you know, all right, we know, we know, we get it. We're smart to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was one of those moments where it's, you get suspended belief and you want to think, holy mm-hmm. shit, Kofi Kingston's going to do this. It's like watching Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Basically. They had this amazing, the, the whole thing was great. Eric doesn't get yeah, <laughs> no, I don't, not yet, not yet. <laughs> Kofi Kingston was amazing, and it comes down to Daniel Bryan getting the win. Um, but the, but the great thing about fucking, the storyline mm-hmm. is, is it's like, okay, in real life, you know, the WWE always gets that flack for not having, you know, being mm-hmm. fairly representing African Americans. So what happens? Vince, in storyline Vince, bad guy Vince, comes out and says, you know, takes away that championship opportunity from yep. Kofi. He goes, you're just a B-plus player. You All you'll ever be is just a tag, yep. part of a tag team and be, you know, a part of these, you know, other matches, these jabron-ass matches that, you know, jobber matches that we were talking about earlier. He goes, you're a great guy. I like you, but you're a B-plus player. You're not an A-plus star. And then he goes, and then, you know, the New Day will come back. You're like, oh, because guys like us, and they don't specifically say no, but- black. But they, you, you know what they mean. Like, oh, guys like us can't get over in this company. And on one SmackDown, um, they're like, hey, you know, something's got to change or we quit. Yep. And so the New Day, like, you're not even a fan, but you know who the New Day are. They're a huge. They rock. They New are, Day rocks. They are a huge <laughs> act. And um, they were playing it up. Like, even yeah. on Instagram, it's like, hey, man, if I got to go to this other company, which is the independent company, AEW, you know, we will because, you know, this is not right. And like Vince would always dangle that carrot, like, oh, Kofi, if you do this, you can have your match at WrestleMania. And then Kofi would go all the way to the end and win. And then at the last minute, Vince would yank it out and yep. goes, ah, I'm just kidding. And then to a one point, you know, where the New Day was like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll fucking leave. We'll give you back all the money we've ever made you or whatever, and we'll leave. We'll just leave. But put us in one of those gauntlet matches. And if we win, you need to put Kofi in, you know, that, ta- that, that match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. And, basically they were fighting for their friend's career basically and so storyline wise it was a really good story because it wasn't cheesy you because they're really good friends in real life and you see that bleed over um you know on camera you know with this storyline and that's what makes it great is because it's just like that's when wrestling is good it's like it's like watching game of thrones like battle of the bastards or whatever when you see like that true heart bleed over into into the screen because sansa and Arya are best friends in real life and when you see them you know at the last season, spoiler alert, you know, when they finally meet back up again, (laughs) you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Like when you know the story behind the scenes and then on camera, it makes it so much better. And that's to me, that's what makes wrestling cool. And you could feel that in the crowd too, because that the crowd has been behind Kofi mania has been a thing. And mind you, they're like in Mobile, Alabama, the most racist towns (laughs) in America and shit. I mean, all of that. Yeah. It's been, so the crowd has been getting behind them almost in a, not I don't know if it's been quite as high tempo, but almost as much as they got behind Becky. Mm-hmm. It's been huge. And I mean, and yeah, like Vince was throwing shit in the, in the road the whole time. Fucking the Elimination Chamber had it like, what, in the beginning of March, end of February, some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Kofi only officially got into the WrestleMania shot last Tuesday. 
Because, <laughs> yeah, he's just been throwing every the kitchen sink at him. Like an entire pay-per-view went by where Kofi wasn't, where they put Kofi in a handicap match against the bar. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just been fucking with him this whole time. But it's just making him just... Some Emmett Till uh-huh. fucking, like, <laughs> fucking uh, civil rights shit. Like, yeah, it's like, it's not... You know, explicit, but like you know, you can tell that's where they're going. Did with you it. see Big E's Instagram post? Like he did an Instagram story, and it was like really like he didn't he never said it, but he was like really tinged, like you know how guys like us will never get over, and yeah. guys like us always get robbed and things like that. It's like fuck, you know, yeah. fuck. And his genius but, storytelling too, yeah. like that. Like I said, for all the bullshit at the beginning of this card that we're talking about, it's these last three matches what makes it like worth it to me. You missed one. No, we're st- I still got them back there. Three after this one, or three including this one. Well, I got the. Which one are you talking about? Uh, the. Uh, give me what I want. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll do that in a second. We'll just close that. Who do you think is going to win, Kofi and um, Kofi or Daniel Bryan? I think Daniel Bryan gets the win, but I think it's going to be one of those times where Kofi loses, but he gets the moral victory, kind of like where Stone Cold lost to Bret the Hitman Hart at WrestleMania ten. Uh-huh. And. Um, you know, had the blood coming. Yeah, out that of his iconic face or image. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like it doesn't make sense for Kofi to actually hold the title. I mean, as much as we want it, there's mm-hmm. no real story. Where do you who do you feud with after that yeah. kind of thing? It's just like there's no real grounds for that because Daniel Bryan's killing it as yeah. a, as a bad guy. I think Daniel Bryan wins as he should, but Kofi gets the win and he moves on to uh, Monday Night Raw. That's what I think I happens. See that. Okay, and he goes on as a solo star. Yeah, well, maybe. All right, so All right. you go. You right. want to set so, up the other one? So the, the one that, that uh, so the one I was what, tell me what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> um, Triple H versus the animal Batista in Drax. A, <laughs> Drax, yeah, in a no holds bar match. And if Triple H loses, he retires from in ring activity. If he, who loses? Triple, Triple H. H. Oh, so basically Batista. So the good, the cool thing about WrestleMania is, is you always see like the return of like a classic wrestler, There's some somebody, sort of somebody, yeah, yeah, somebody from the past coming back. And so this year, Batista comes back from Guardians of the Galaxy fame. And so when Batista was wrestling, he was this whole other character. He was basically Bobby Lashley. He was just this big, muscle-bound guy with no personality whatsoever. Yeah. Fast forward a couple decades. And he's this huge, you know, Hollywood star doing Marvel movies. He's a Bond villain. And he, he becomes basically just right under the rock when it comes to wrestlers who succeeded, you know, outside of the ring. And he comes back all Hollywood, you know, comes back with the blue tinted shades, this unnecessarily gaudy, like, nose ring. ring. Uh, a fucking three-piece suit with no fucking undershirt on, just fucking just buff as all can be. I think he did have an undershirt. I think it was just one of the deepest Vs you've ever seen in your life. Good Christ. A douche V. <laughs> And so he comes back, um, surprisingly, on one yeah. Monday Night Raw. Um, the Monday Night Raw was supposed to be a big celebration for uh, Rick Flair. 70th birthday. 70th birthday. And so everyone goes, you know, gets around the ring, and they go, happy birthday, Ric Flair. And then you hear Ric Flair's music hit, and nothing no. happens. No one comes out. All right, everybody, Ric Flair. Again, nothing happens. And so the camera crew is, like, running backstage or whatever, and you just hear, you know, somebody getting their ass beat. And you see all of a sudden Batista come out of the dressing room dragging Ric Flair. Now, mind you, Ric Flair literally almost fucking died like seven or eight months ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he was literally. <laughs> he carries yeah. around a colostomy bag. That's like how he shits now or whatever. But all those years of fucking you know wrestling and drinking yep. has finally caught up to the nature boy. And ex wives, he got a lot of ex wives. <laughs> that probably did a lot of damage to his body. <laughs> a lot of ex girlfriends too. <laughs> and so, um, 
you know, he's just beating the shit out of Ric Flair. You see a little bit of a colostomy bag, you know, flop mm-hmm. off to the side or whatever, and Batista's, you know, beating the shit out of him or whatever. And Batista grabs the camera and he goes, this one's for you, Hunter. Give me what I want. Yep. Or do I have your attention now? Yeah, do I have your attention now? <laughs> and so the next week, you know, Triple H comes out and he cuts this amazing promo about, like, how dare you, Dave? I'm not even going to call you Batista or whatever. This is me, not Triple H. This is Paul Levesque, the man. No, actually, he did. He said, we're talking about Ric Flair or whatever. He, Richard Flair. He's using Ric Flair's name, but he did. I, I, I caught this because he says, we're not talking about Triple H. When you get in there, you're not getting Triple H. You're getting there with the man. You're getting there because the whole promo was, I'm going to, we're, we're taking away the characters. We're talking about the real people. But I noticed he never actually used his own name. Oh, really? He just said, you're not getting Triple H. You're getting the man. He did which that I much was funny. Good, he did that good of a yeah. job where I thought he said, you know, that's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no, a fucking yeah. Mandela effect if uh-huh. I ever heard one. <laughs> But yeah, he did this really amazing promo where he's like, yeah, forget all this wrestling bullshit, basically. He goes, you hurt a 70-year-old man. Like, that's my best friend. That's my mentor. Like, how dare you, you know, trying to, you know, invoke those emotions and whatnot. So he goes, I will come to you wherever. I will come to you in my own house and fight you. Like, I don't care. Take away all these cameras. Like, how dare you kind of thing or whatever. And then the next week, Batista comes out with a bunch of security. He comes out looking like a huge douchebag or whatever. And he goes, just give me what I want, Triple H. Or just give me what I want. I don't know, what did he call him? Triple H? I don't uh, even know. Hunter. I think he called him Hunter. Oh, okay. he said, just give me what I want. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. And he Wait. cuts his promo where he just keeps saying, give me what I want. And it's like, well, He is, is spitting all over the mic, just screaming into it. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Like, what the fuck do you want? And Triple H is going, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not going to give you what you want. Give me what I want. I'm not going to give you what you want. You know what I want. Give me what I want. I'm not, I want you at WrestleMania. And then Triple H goes, is that what you want? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> and he goes, well, that's not what I really want. What I really want is I'm tired of seeing you on TV, basically. So if I win, you need to quit, basically. So that's the premise of that yep. match right there. And I think Triple H is in some of the best promos of his life this past couple of weeks because he's kind of playing up. Like he he, he referred to the, the uh, to Batista's security, quote unquote, as the guardians of the indies. You know what I mean? Like basically he's telling people, yeah, these are these are indie wrestlers that he just got local indie wrestlers and, and dressed them up. And that's what they're they're not real security. Yeah. Um he got an envelope stuck in little things too, where he got an envelope stuck in his uh inside pocket and he says, oh, I'm doing the job for the letter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's he's putting the letter over because it's stuck, he can't get it fucking out. Um he's done a bunch of little or fuck, even the Richard Fleer and all that stuff. Like he's been doing a lot of things where he's kind of alluding to the idea that this is all, you know, this this might be all, you know, up and up, you know. But uh, he's been funny. He's been great. And Batista, his his promos have kind of sucked until so? until this last week. The big build up, all of the stuff, this big great fucking vignette, and then Batista just comes up, looks straight in the camera, just Hunter, kiss my ass, and then walks away. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I just thought I Batista's been badass though. He's, like. I I don't know. He seems he seems a little too unhinged. Like he, like he, it almost seems like he's playing that part too far. I don't know. He's the animal, though. He's That's true. That's Batista. true. So yeah. You got to You got to play. It. I yeah. don't know. I dig. I dig Batista. I personally have never been a Triple H fan. He's mm. like one of those, like, oh, okay, God, okay, yeah, I get it. He's great at doing promos or whatever. But I honestly, I hope Batista wins. But come on, now it's Triple H. He's gonna inherit the company. Yeah. He's he's one of those guys that wrestles once a year. You. By the pay-per-view to watch that. That's, that's the only thing I wonder about. If it's going to be for his match, the last match he had was with Shawn Michaels. That was where he fucking tore his pec. Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Like, in the middle of the match and, like, had to go undergo surgery and stuff like that. At the end of the match, you can tell, you can see Shawn Michaels. Like, they don't catch it on mic, but he... he uh, we're too old for this we're, shit. We're, yeah. we're too old for this shit, you know, after they've had the match and all this stuff. And so I wonder if, like, 
they're finally getting to his ear and like maybe he's saying like maybe I am done. You know, maybe I do. Because Batista allegedly wants another run. So oh, really? That's uh, well well he in the past, I don't know about now, but in the past he said if he comes back it's gonna be for a run. So well, also too, I think you gotta like James Gunn just got hired back on for Guardians of the Galaxy to direct that. Thank yeah. God. Because yeah. I couldn't imagine Guardians of the Galaxy without that fucking humor you know so like he's gonna do that he's gonna play another bond villain he's gonna do this that or other whatever like batista's got he's like the rock basically he doesn't yeah. need the wwe uh triple h needs the wwe yeah. i'm just glad it's gonna be uh um batista versus triple h and not batista versus john cena because i mean if batista just stood there ridiculously still to the point that he disappears. Oh God! That and then John Cena, you can't see him. The ring's going to be empty. Like no one's like people. Are gonna, like the greatest match in the world will be happening, and no one will know. <laughs> I will say this though: the fun. I hate those. You can't see me things. They're so fucking cheesy. But I will say this: those Funko Pop figures or whatever. On Amazon, the clear, the clear mm-hmm. one. Like I gotta get that yep. one. I, I don't know. I don't care if it's like one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> I'll use the remainder of my tax money to buy that. Shit. That's just fucking hilarious. Yes, That's a good one. Yes, it is. So our final two matches, basically the main and co-main event, basically. Um, thank God, you know, <laughs> yeah. this match is going on second to last. But um, uh, Seth Rollins versus the Universal Champion, which is basically the Raw Champion, right? Uh, Brock Lesnar. So, oh damn! I think this could be. I, they haven't they haven't done a whole lot of build up. Like it's all been on Seth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like Paul Heyman will come out every now and then and say something, but. The buildup hasn't been that fantastic. Seth has been fantastic, but he's always great. But I think he's lost a little bit of steam coming into WrestleMania. I think the reason why, though, is, is because it's like with Becky. When you're that white meat baby face, yeah. you lose a little bit of that edge. When yeah. Seth, you know, the WrestleMania that I went to in San Francisco, where he, you know, cashes in the money in the bank match against Roman versus Brock Lesnar in that main event, um, he was that chicken shit heel, like where he's like in the middle yeah. of this match where they're bloody and they're about to, you know, basically die. You know, he comes in and he cashes out that money in the bank contract, which gives you a match anywhere. That's what that contract guarantees. Um, and no one had done that in the middle of a main event for the WrestleMania. He comes out and he wins the championship. That's that's huge. That's, 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 huge. that's fucking hilarious. Like that's that's classic Seth Rollins right there. Now he's playing this like this baby face where he's basically saying like, oh, I'm doing this for the fans. And, you know, he goes out, you know, he goes in front of the Chicago fans and he dresses up his ring gear is all Chicago bared out, which I'm sure you would love. Art. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's in a lot of games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a huge Chicago Bears fan, but he's just playing to the fans a little bit. And there's a little I love Seth Rollins. He's probably my third favorite wrestler or whatever. But he. <laughs> Part of his his allure is when he's kind of got like that assholeness to yeah. him because you can tell in real life he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> is when you try to make an asshole look like like a good upsetting citizen, like like yeah. when John Jones does it, you're like, oh come on, man. Just, <laughs> yeah. just be that goddamn asshole. Like that's what I think it is. That's why I think like it's a little weird. Plus Brock, all he does is show up and just do this. Yeah, yeah, Brock doesn't do. Yeah, yeah. I, so <laughs> I, I'm I was with Brock like when he was fighting John Cena because like I said at one point John Cena was just old as fuck like i'm tired of seeing him doing the same old shit and then brock came in and just destroyed him Mm -hmm. the fans were totally behind brock at that point but now just brock has been doing the same thing for five years like are you going to the ufc or not are you not like we want to see this championship belt we want to see this on somebody and part of it is i know the fact that he can be great way back in the day he had the feud with eddie Guerrero. he came out on the stage dancing in a sombrero and stuff like that to make fun (laughs) of eddie he didn't have anyone doing the mic work for him i mean it wasn't great but he was still like cracking jokes and making insults doing stuff like that like he was doing little vignettes like he 
has in the past he has done those things where he has a personality uh-huh. where he beyond just suplex city and to see that he just does nothing except kind of jump around a little bit in the ring like he's warming up like he's getting just ready mad like, dog people yeah. like it's kind of old now yeah <laughs> fucking i yeah I'm that not, is his one move and I it's think, like, and then every year it's the same thing. Oh, you're the champion. You're gonna headline in WrestleMania. Like, oh, okay. And then you're gonna just do the same five moves, which is just a suplex and an F five, basically. You know, it's just like it's like old already. I want to see something different. Like, I don't need to see. It's like it's like watching an episode of The Walking Dead. Like, it's the same shit. Like, you gotta run into some like wild bandit of people or whatever, and then Carl's gonna get lost. And then like, and it's basically that's that's <laughs> yeah, Brock Lesnar. He's the goddamn fucking Walking Dead of the WWE right now. So it's just like, dude, put the belt on Seth. Have him do something crazy. Yeah. I let him have his moment. This there. one, I legitimately don't know what's going to happen. Just because I don't... They, they Again, this is one that Vince just has a huge heart on for fucking uh, uh, Brock, for whatever fucking reason. I think it all depends on what Brock does with the UFC. Yeah. Because the rumor is, is that um, they're shooting for an August um, main event with Daniel Cormier for yeah. the heavyweight title. You're not going to want to have Brock Lesnar <laughs> suit up in the UFC with the fucking... Yeah fucking red wwe wants him to ufc's not gonna want him no and and you and the way wc is ufc's not gonna allow him to do it fuck it take it away from him no point anyway and not only that like dc has a very real shot of beating the shit out of brock Mm -hmm. lesnar because i mean for all intents and purposes dc is a way better you know real wrestler shoot fighter fighter. shoot fighter than fucking uh brock lesnar he has he's able to counter everything that brock does and he can actually punch, yeah. which is Brock's Achilles heel in UFC fights. Yeah, Brock Brock doesn't do well so with actually getting Brock hit. So if Brock loses, uh, or in his the, ankles in the UFC, like that makes that tarnishes yeah. the Universal Title. So yeah. you don't want that going into, uh, you know, another six months from now. My big thing just is Seth Rollins was like white hot late last year, so. I almost feel like it sucks that this match had to wait for WrestleMania because mm-hmm. this would have been a barn burner. This would have been amazing. At if, SummerSlam. If, yeah, if it had been SummerSlam. And fuck, if it had been, if WrestleMania was moved to December for this year, you know, <laughs> that would have been like crazy. That's never going to happen. But because they had to wait until fucking April, it, it lost some steam. Yeah. Speaking of fucking Seth Rollins, another one, um, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah, that's the one we forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many fucking matches. God damn, I'm tired just talking about All it. All right, let's, let's, let's try to get through this one quick. Roman Reigns coming back from cancer. He had leukemia. He beat it. Uh, Drew McIntyre has made a bunch of jokes about him and his leukemia. He beat him up. He, quote, unquote, gave him a concussion. You know, it was it was a work concussion, not like uh, Mustafa Ali's shoot concussion. concussion. Yeah. Um, fucking. Uh, and, and now he's just saying he's going to bear Roman Reigns. And this is Roman Reigns' first singles match since coming back from leukemia. Oh, Boom. I think I covered it all. Who do you got winning? Roman. All right. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. too. You can't beat cancer and not beat Drew McIntyre. Jabron Ooh, I don't even know who Drew McIntyre is. Ooh, a little like an R&B breath. singer from the 90s. I'm a little <laughs> All right, now for the main... Well, before we get to the main event, um, the special musical guest this year is... Elias. Elias. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Elias? Who knows that? That guy that uh, used that's, to drum for... That's, no, that's, that's, that's yeah, Elias. Yeah, this guy right here. The guy with the, the scarves around his neck on oh, a couple okay. of that shirt. He comes out in a kimono like Steve Ray Vaughan did about that for that stage in the 80s. Yeah. So, basically, he comes <laughs> out. He plays a guitar. He talks shit about the city or whatever. He, now, the funny, he might be the best shit talker in the business right now. Yeah, I would say. Fucking A. Now, right. the funny thing about this is, is it's in New York, right? Yep. He's the musical guest. He's going to do a shtick where he comes out, strums a guitar, starts talking shit about New York and... Who else does that remind you of? Who did that first? Um, did you start talking about New York? No, just t- talking shit and, you know, had the guitar. Uh, I think of Jeff Jarrett. Well, before that. Think about that. Before that. 
Adam Sandler. <laughs> He's going into the Hall of Fame this year. Who's watching? Uh... He was intercontinental. Oh, the honky tonk man. The honky tonk, honky -tonk man. <laughs> so this is what I see. Elias comes out, oh, starts shit, talking the shit. Honk <laughs> the honky tonk man comes out, starts talking shit with his guitar, smashes Elias over the head with his guitar, move on to a couple of matches. Elias comes back out, starts talking shit on another guitar or whatever. Ah, that fucking honky tonk man. Da, 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 da. Oh, fuck you, New York and your fucking sewer rats, right? Who comes out? Jeff Jarrett. Yep who did the same shtick basically with a guitar and talking shit right smashes him over the head ah ha ha everyone laughs and moves on right right before the main event Elias comes out again talks shit about the honky tonk man talks shit about Jeff Jarrett starts talking shit again about New York or whatever talking about oh, okay I should have had a good match here this it's a shame that your main musical act can't get you know any more love here in the the city whatever the fucking New York whatever right The Rock comes out <laughs> Now, The Rock used to do this thing called The Rock Concert, where he would yep. go out and he would talk shit about a city. I think I'd put it on the original WrestleMania episode that we did, where he talked about the fucking city of Sacramento. He goes, you know, talking about how Sacramento is a piece of shit, you know, town or whatever. But he goes, I'll come back in May when the Lakers beat the Kings. Like, he just, yeah. like, just classic The Rock, you know, basically being an asshole or whatever. So I see that happening for Elias. Like, if The Rock is going to come back for anything, it's going to be for this. I, that'd be awesome. And I can see something like that. Yeah. Shit you know, and I, li I like that theory because all the theories I've been hearing up to this point is it's going to be John Cena or Undertaker and then they're going to have a, a squash match and that's going to be how it goes. But I like your theory a shit ton better. <laughs> you got to think about it because the Honky Tonk Man's going to the Hall of Fame. Jeff yeah. Jarrett's a part of the creative now. So they're both going to be there. And The Rock can easily get to New York. It's not yeah. like they're in fucking Florida this year. So, All right. Main event. All right. Whew, I fucking Still with us, Art? Yeah, I'm right here. Are you okay? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think I see you passing out. I think the, you uh, uh, took the highly effective US fight back. <laughs> WWE conspiracies. Are you, you took the very effective fight back <laughs> night uh, CBD, which is uh, you're supposed to shake uh, it up, melatonin. and it's made with melatonin, uh, Nutiva MCT, and infused with lavender and chamomile, and it is working very effectively. But what you uh, need to wake up, Art? We need you to wake up, Art. Fight it, Art. Fight right, back. What's the main event? <laughs> <laughs> so as we alluded to at the South beginning Dallas of this is. episode, the women finally earned, and I, I highlight the word they earned. earned, earned yes. They earned uh, the main event this year. Not only do you got the most, the second most popular UFC fighter of all time there to give you know the popularity rub for you know the general media or whatever, mm -hmm. and you know Ronda Rousey, but you also got Ric Flair's daughter there. But the heartthrob of this, the sweetheart, if you will, of this dance, it's Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch for sure. Now I think we're all in agreement here. Am I right? Yes. We all want to see Becky yes. win. Yes. That yes. is a strange Becky Lynch or Jacob's wearing. Now, <laughs> for all of those on the Facebook Live. YouTube. Is, uh, YouTube Live. That is uh, YouTube shirt. Live, right? Language, that, sir. That is Goodness. not blurry. That is actually what it looks like. I had this shirt made at our mall for $15 because I was not going to pay $39.95 to have a shirt shipped out to, to me in time for this podcast. So I said, hey, I'm just going to print out an image, a cool-ass image of Becky Lynch with her bloody face. Because uh, I guess she beat up Ronda Rousey a couple yeah. months ago, and then she got punched in the face and broken up with her by Nia Jax. And it, it's just an iconic image that's going to go down, you know, 20 years from now when she goes in the Hall of Fame. And I was like, I want that on a shirt. You know, WWE doesn't have it on a shirt. I'm going to put it on a shirt, but I'm not going to pay $40 for it. So I go to the Valley Plaza Mall. I go to the little janky ass fucking Korean fucking t shirt making shop, and I say, hey, can, Korean. can you put this goddamn shit on a fucking black shirt for oh, me? On a black shirt. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. Just take me the picture. So I definitely no what Koreans sound like. Yes, exactly. Definitely North Korean. Great <laughs> Korean accent. 
So I give it to him, and I'm excited for this. I'm just like, woo, man, I'm fucking doing the woo, fucking like Ric Flair in the fucking mall or whatever. I'm fucking kissing babies, shaking hands. I'm just like, I can't wait. I can't wait to show my fucking appreciation to Becky Lynch and shit. Cannot wait. And so me and my girlfriend, we come out of fucking Spencer's or fucking Victoria's Secret or whatever. Fucking, they got that good shit. Yeah, whatever. Fucking Bed Bath & Beyond and Auntie May's cookies or whatever. I'm excited to get my Becky Lynch shirt because it will only take you 30 minutes for this shirt. 30 minutes in the Indian accent. I think he's actually Jakarta, to be honest with you. I don't know what <laughs> race Jakarta, is. Jakarta. Is he our fourth Jakarta? Is he Mo? Oh, he's not going to be a fan after I fucking roast this motherfucker. <laughs> this son of a bitch fucking gives me the most pixelated picture of fucking this shirt ever. <laughs> not only this, though, it's like the worst quality t-shirt. I think, I mean, you can't really see it on the camera, but I'm sure Art can see my fucking areola through this yeah, pitch yeah, black yeah. shirt right there. Jesus. You can see each individual fucking, like, nipple pimple right there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see even the little hair that grows see, off to uh, the side, right? You're about to milk a baby right now. I'm about I to get a baby right now. <laughs> It's a fucking worst quality shirt. I think, like, if I bend over, it's going to fucking rip in half, like when a Hulk Hogan shirt from the 80s or whatnot. The fucking the iron-on on here, I'm pretty sure if I wash it once, it's going to disintegrate. And the picture on here, I gave him a high-resolution picture. It's fucking pixelated as shit. This shit looks like goddamn Minecraft or some shit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the worst shirt ever. And we asked him, like, hey, can you redo it? And he goes, sorry, you only one time. No refund. And he just fucking just closes up his shop and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Disappears. And fucking just throws a fucking magic ball on there and smoke clears yeah, up or whatever. Well, where'd he go? Just, yeah. Now, I've never been raped before in my life, but I can imagine it but is something. But this joke is going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> But I can imagine it feels something along these lines because I, I literally felt raped for my $15. Did you did you cry in the shower for a little bit? Yeah, I listened to REMs, Everybody Hurts. I ate a whole pack of gum like Ace Ventura. <laughs> cried in the shower. Listened to The Cure all this morning at work. But I came home today <laughs> uh-huh. to a brand new HD web camera. Hey, there we Thank go. To you, thanks to you fans. Whoever was that hey, mysterious. Shout out to Logitech. Yes, thank you, Logitech C922 something or another or whatever. Um, came home to that, and it made my day. So I just got to thank you, fans. There you go. There you go. For sticking with us for 94 episodes now and blessing us with this gift. Yes, we appreciate that very much. So if you would like to give us more gifts, send them to artandjacobdoamerica at gmail.com. That's right. Let us know. We'll, we'll hit us up on the Gmails, and we'll let you know how to get uh, shit to us. We appreciate that. Please. Thank you very much. So, Eric, you want to bring us home? Fucking, um, who do you think is going to win the match? Who, oh, like, Becky like, Lynch. You, you, okay, so you want Becky Lynch, you think Becky Lynch is going to win. Oh, and this this match is going to be for both women's titles because they fucked oh, yeah. Asuka. They fucked Asuka As real much good. as I want Becky Lynch to win, I, I actually think it's going to be Charlotte Flair. Here's what I think. Here's, and I think, I was trying to figure, like, why the fuck would you strip Asuka like that? Why would you not put in a, like, you got to give her a great match. And then on Tuesday night, I saw Becky talk about, how she's going to hold. I, I watched... The chomp chomp. I, wa- I watched this charismatic, talented, young Irish person talk about how they're going to come out after their pay-per-view with as the double champ. And I was like, oh, oh, that's why Vince is doing this shit. He wants that imagery. He's going that route. Mm-hmm. So He wants yeah. the Conor McGregor. Yep. So that's, the women I, I think, of Conor McGregor. I still think they should have done a fucking ladder match, like a separate ladder match where both titles are like on opposite sides of the, of the, the ring. Put Asuka in there and have a four-woman, two-belt ladder match. I thought that would have been awesome. But... You know, we don't the want them I? to end up like the Hardy Boys, sir. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> Did you not watch John Oliver? <laughs> 
But anyway, all right. So, uh, yeah, I think we got all that shit covered. Um, oh, no, not all that. One last thing about this. The end of Raw this last week. Or not the end of Raw. The backstage brawl on Raw. Oh. Holy fucking Christ. First of all, I hate the fact that they job out the Riot Squad so much. So I was pissed off at how that segment started. Because I think the Riot Squad is so fucking good. And they need to get better push. Ruby Riot is one of the best female wrestlers in there. And she just gets jobbed out. She just out. looks like Toucan Sam. Doesn't matter. She's fucking amazingly <laughs> talented. Um, but... Then it got progressed to where the three of them get handcuffed. The three of them are walking to the, getting walked to the back by the police. They're fighting the whole way. Fucking Charlotte Flair ended up knocking the radio off of one officer. And so they keep going. And while they're walking by, an officer behind them that's holding Becky Lynch reaches down to pick it up. And Becky kicks it out from, <laughs> from his hands. Fucking they're, they're going after each other. And then they get to the backstage. And there's three fucking police cars. And they're fighting this whole fucking time. They're fighting this whole fucking time not getting there. Fucking, they're hitting each other. They're hitting police officers. They're fucking... By the way, if they'd been colored, they'd have been shot. But... Fucking, <laughs> if they were COVID kings. Yeah. yeah. But they're fighting the whole time. Um, fucking, somehow, uh, Char- uh, uh, no, Rhonda and Becky end up in the backseat of the same car, and they just start going at each other. Right. It was basically... They were scissoring. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they were kicking everywhere except for each other. Fucking, Rhonda kicked out a window. Fucking and a real police cruiser and, too. Yeah, fucking yeah. they they uh, they pull uh, Becky out. Becky and Charlotte are going at it while they're while they're dealing with that. Rhonda ends up in the front seat of the car. <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. And she hits the gas and she rams that police car she's in into the back of the next police car. Which I'm thinking to myself like, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm hearing about people having medical issues when they get into five mile an hour fender benders. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, let's put our one of our stars with her hands handcuffed behind her back, no seatbelt, and have her ram into another vehicle. That's gonna be that's gonna be fine. Fucking, she's sticking her head out the back of the window, and Charlotte's fucking hitting her with a knee while Ronda Rousey is, is sticking out. Fucking legit knee, too. Yeah, like, like she like legit, like knee. it was a good fucking yeah. knee. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was a solid like five, five, six minute segment. And when it was done, I was laughing, I was clapping. I looked over Elizabeth and I said, "That is professional wrestling." Hell yeah! Oh, I love that segment. Yeah, so fucking much. It reminded me of the Attitude Era. Yep, exactly. So anyway, uh, all right. Now I think we're. I think it's about it now. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's see. First thing first. Uh, and thank- then she looked at him with that look in her eye. <laughs> Game of Thrones episode <laughs> reference. <laughs> thank you one more time to uh, Fightback CBD. Uh, you can find them at fightbackcbd.com. Uh, they're on Instagram at fightbackcbd, and they're on Facebook at fightbackcbd. Uh, go check them out. They've got a lot of good stuff on there. And uh, as we have said before, they are a, a company with a soul. They support a lot of good uh, people. They support uh, a lot of good uh, um, uh, organizations and everything is small batch, handcrafted, high quality stuff Might that is certified. Um, and for anyone that asked, this is CBD. It is THC free. It is uh, CBD, CBG, CBN, CBC, and terpenes and flavonoids with essential amino acids. There is nothing illegal in there. There is nothing that will make you hallucinate. This is the good shit. So you can suck on that, Usada. That's right. Um, you can also go to notdeadgetapparel.com. That is another company that uh, does a lot of great products. Uh, this Again, you can get your jujitsu gear there. You can get your regular street clothes. They're going to do uh, great fucking stuff for you. They also support great organizations. And with there, if you use code EBCastillo at checkout, you will get 10% off. As far as we go, you can find us on Instagram at art over here is at robots versus robots. That's Correct. robots vs. robots. Jacob over here, basically, he just is uh, at Art, Art and Jacob do America. And you can find me at EB Castillo the first. That is with a number one EB as in Eric Ben. Uh, go on Facebook, like the Art and Jacob do America Facebook page. Join the Art and Great Jacob do America Facebook group. 
uh, go check out iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, I use Pocket Cast, whatever podcatcher you want, except for fucking Stitcher. Fuck them. Um, mm. Find us, subscribe, rate, review, let us know how we're doing. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that just about covers all of it. Tell your mom, Booby, too. Shout out Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Jackman. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. We do have the channel Art and Jake Do America. Um, we're so just growing by leaps and bounds. We're just baby. doing. We're just doing everything we can. Thank you all very much because um, we love doing this. This is this is fun for us. Uh, but uh, we're able to like, well, fuck. You know, we're able to get great CBD products. We're able to have fucking. Can't uh, wait to try a this. Camera and all this when Art and I first started this podcast, if I would have thought I would have got some free bottles of CBD <laughs> in the mail. I would I would have fucking just uh, cried right there, yeah, there man. Yeah. I, I never yeah, would have thought that would have happened. I would have thought like this would have lasted. That we got from Alejandro. Oh yeah, that oh, yeah, was pretty good too. So. This this uh, Andre the Giant pen. This was a this was a, a gift in the mail. We've gotten oh, yeah. we've gotten several things in the mail. You know what I mean? And we appreciate that from all oh, of yeah, you Kakawatis. Camera. Yep, we love all you Kakawatis. Uh, you do a lot for us and for all over the world to the millions and millions of Kakawatis out there. Whether you be American, Jakarta, North American, uh, North. North American, North Korean, Samoan, Australian, fucking Austrian, fucking wherever you may wherever be. Wherever you work in the mall. That's right. <laughs> Except for that one, dude. Fuck him. Like, yeah, you know who else you can fuck? Fuck uh, Young. Jeremy Young. Jeremy Young. Yeah. Fuck Jeremy Young. I want to challenge him to a Hell in a Cell match. Fuck Jeremy Young and fuck <laughs> the, uh, the uh, Korean dude that had a suspiciously Indian accent in the mall. <laughs> Those guys are on our shit list. And, uh,. Yeah, I think that's about it. We love I'm all of tired. you. Enjoy WrestleMania weekend. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm going to go to the comedy store in Hollywood. So if you want to join me out there, just let me know. We'll roll out there together. We'll get some grilling wall before. So with that said, everybody, <laughs> good night. Have a good night. Be good out there. curious if you can give me your honest thoughts like when 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 Rhonda talks about it being fake and things like that to me there's a line in this business right you, I would have never heard Bret Hart speak like that back no, in the day. No you wouldn't hear a champion speak about that. How do you feel about that? I think it's completely disrespectful I think it's completely stupid and I think it's it's almost laughable because this is the same woman who a few months ago was in her kitchen crying crying over how tough it is and she, she is on a part-time schedule for four months, came in, was handed everything, made her debut at WrestleMania, having never earned her way into this business. Yes, she earned it in a different business, but that's like somebody from basketball showing up in the NFL and expecting to be the quarterback. That's ridiculous. And she, she, she came in, was handed everything, got to wrestle the best of the best on all the pay-per-views, got on the cover of everything, every poster, every DVD, got all the press opportunities, and she is crying in her kitchen about a part-time schedule because she cannot make breakfast for her husband. And yet that is the same woman who disrespects our business when the rest of us are out working 52 weeks a year, at least five nights. We are, we are on the road in hotels more than we are at home in our own beds.
And, and that's our life. And that's the life that we choose, but that's the life that we love. And we do that so that we get the opportunity, hopefully one day, to main event WrestleMania. She has handed that opportunity. How dare she disrespect my business? What do you and th- how dare she get to hold a, my championship in my business? I'm excited to chase her out. 